Hello and welcome to episode 155 of the Film Yak Podcast. I'm John. I'm Kevin. And I'm JR. This week we're talking about my pick, The Long Kiss Goodnight, directed by the master Rennie Harlan and written by Shane Black, um, starring Gina Davis and uh, Samuel L. Jackson, among lots of others. A deceptively stacked cast, I'd say. And uh, Deceptive is the right word. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And uh, uh, we're also talking about other things we watch, including our letterbox roulette homework from last week that JR and I had to watch. Kevin with a rare win last week. Um, over both of us. And, uh, yeah. You can't just let you have it. It's a rare win. Well, you know. It's not I mean, a normal it win. It's, it's not a valid I don't, win. I win, just as, win. I win just as rarely. I mean, it's always you, JR. So, um, you know. Yeah, I mean, uh, he's not wrong. What? I watch so many of these goddamn homeworks. Yeah. But you watch Are you them. sure that you I... Watch, you watch the homeworks when you don't have to. Because you're an in, insane person who just watches a movies compulsorily... Whatever you, a little bit you know. Of a teacher's pet, I guess. Yeah. Exactly. Mm. Anyway, um, how's it going? It's going good. Um, I made a decision tonight. My sister was coming over, and uh, KFC recently announced a new fast food item, and I'm sure you guys have seen it. Yeah. No. Is it the no. sandwich that's made out of chicken, where the bread no, is the chicken? No, the double down, uh, which is. Uh, officially too much. It is definitely too much <laughs> of, a, of an item. I was really into that the first time they did that. And then I had my second double down and I was like, you know what? I don't want to die today. <laughs> Less carbs though, right? So it's- yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. Yeah. I am not even uh, like a, a KFC fan. I've probably been to KFC like fewer than 10 times in my entire life. Uh, twice for a double down when I was in college. But... Uh, they have this item called the uh, the chitza, where they use the uh, the fried chicken and they just put uh, tomato sauce and mozzarella and pepperoni on it. And uh, <laughs> I decided that was a fun it's idea to just cook a in my whole house. Pizza or like a no, slice? No, I actually think it's like a they group like chicken tenders. Like I think it's just their fried chicken tenders. Oh. Uh, and they just like dump mozzarella and cheese on it and put it in a like under the broiler. But uh, do they season the chicken dude, before they do that? Do you think? No, no Americans have had it yet, John. Oh, I thought you ate it tonight. No, no I made it. I cooked it. Oh, no, you, I decided this oh. is a good idea, and so I decided to fry some chicken and put tomato sauce and mozzarella on it. And uh, the I mean, first what, thing my a, sister said sorry. was. This is uh, really good because it's just chicken parm. Right. That's what and I, mean. I was like, oh, man, I hadn't thought about that. But uh, she was totally right. You didn't put pepperoni on yours? I did. No, I, I did. Chicken parm mm. is not a pepperoni. Pepperoni right. is a nice, nice touch. And the, and the chicken was, was good. I did I did a good job with uh, some gluten-free breading. Also, marinara and pizza sauce aren't really the same thing. but No, they're not. No. Um. In the same way that hardcore is not emo. <laughs> right, yes. Call Thank back. you, Kevin. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> there are lots of things that Italians could be upset at with, uh, <laughs> with the sauce talk, you know, with marinara oh. and pizza sauce. Oh. Sorry, I did use marinara. Oh, I mean, I wasn't impugning you. I'm just saying, you know, it's um, 
<clears throat> like if they use actually pizza sauce as opposed to marinara, then it's not really uh, chicken parm, which is a superior <laughs> dish to pizza. Also, yes, um, yeah, chicken. <laughs> and I think that's ultimately why I wanted this without. Uh, fully realizing it because I'm an idiot. Uh, I love chicken parmesan. Yes, uh, and I was like, but I don't mm. like making it. But actually, it turns out I do like making it. I just don't want the pasta. I've gone to the store and gotten. Uh, they sell chicken cutlets that are breaded and cooked already. You know, like yeah. in the freezer section. And I've just like you know, just like put those in the oven or air fry them, and then put make chicken parm out of that. Delicious. Oh yeah, delicious. Yeah, yeah. Chicken parm, hard hard yeah. to screw up. It's the, oh, when I was working at Italian restaurants when I was younger, I would make so much chicken. It was absurd. I would walk home with chicken parm every day and pounds of pasta. <laughs> <We'd>, <laughs> Name them. Were you, were you huh? work in Little Village? You work in a... No, Louisiana Pizza Kitchen, which was oh, a, sh- a like yeah. a California Pizza Kitchen ripoff uh, that doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> And then I worked uh, at Monjuni's for a little while. Oh, what a bunch mm. of friends that worked at the Monjuni's on uh, Jefferson. I bet you, I bet we know a, well, at least one of the same guy because I know a guy who's like super into metal there, and I and he's like a really nice guy. I, he was like one. He was like my best friend working there, and I bet you know him. Is his uh, name Brandon? No, I might. Uh, his, name's, well. his name's John. Which John could this be? Uh, I don't know if I know him. I... Axis of Evil, John? Yeah, exactly. Kevin oh, knows nice. him. Axis of Evil? Oh, LeBlanc. His name's Hold LeBlanc. On. John LeBlanc. Mm. Yeah, he's in um, yeah, He's in a fucking band with my other friend right now. He's in, yeah, he's in a couple uh, of metal bands, right? Wolves mm. of uh, something. Anyway. The throne Room? Okay. <laughs> no, uh, no. A different band. <laughs> Uh, he's in a, a, a band with a, a friend of mine named Corey that I went to uh, school with, who also briefly worked at Monjuni's and also <laughs> worked at the comic store right there. Oh, yeah, perfect. Yeah, the comic oh. store, I never went in there the whole time I was working there. I worked there for like a year and a half and I never went into that oh. comic store. I don't know why. I just never well, did. Uh, they were great. And not, sure it was. And not run well. And, uh, and that probably has something to do with why they... I went to the school. comic store across the street, School of Comics... A lot before they mm. closed, but then oh well, I, I'm thinking of them as the same thing. The uh, oh well, I went to the same one, guy when, I, when they were across yeah. the street in the large space. That's the one I used to go to. Yeah, I only went to the one actually like in the same shopping center as Monjuni's a couple times. Um, but yeah, uh, I do know John. John has a. Uh, I met John in uh, Denver through another like That's mutual weird. friend. I did not know him in Baton Rouge, and uh, we like bonded over uh, metal. And I was like, "Oh, you're in a band with a guy I went to grade school with. That's wild." Does he live in Denver now? No, no. He was oh. visiting. Uh, he was visiting this this mutual friend. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, I don't. I mean, I haven't spoken to him since I was in college, but um, mm. we were good friends when we were working there. He like took me under his wing and was like teaching me all about the cooking. And he was like really, it was like an old hand, you know. A cooking whenever I got promoted to be able to make salad and pasta from the dish room. Mm. Nice. Old hand. I imagine he's younger than I am. I no, he's no, no, no. He's older than me. Is he? Okay. I believe so. I believe he is. I could I be wrong. I don't know. Again, I've only met him in person knows. one time. Yeah. 
Anyway, last time I saw him was at uh, Chinese Combo King, so that tells you anything. <laughs> a long time ago. Uh, um, these are all like super inside references too, because like all these like you're naming these bands <laughs> that are in Baton Rouge, and we're talking about Chinese. Yeah, Combo. it's just like Monjunis. Nobody knows any of this. Anyway, yeah. um, we live in Baton Rouge. Jr. is in Denver. Anyway, mm. okay, uh, let's uh, talk about our deep dive, the Long Kiss Goodnight. Which stars Gina Davis. This is a Gina Davis vehicle. Mm. Um, as I, I read the trivia for this one. And I mean, if it's not obvious already, she was married to the filmmaker at the time. They had just come off of a, a massive failure in Cutthroat Island. Uh, <laughs> I did not know this. <laughs> pirate adventure film. Mm. You, have you seen this movie, JR? The yeah, the pirate one? Yeah. I, if I have, I, I have no memory of it. But I, I did not good. realize... They were married. They're married. I had no yeah, idea. Yeah, they were married yeah. uh, for this amount, this small time here when they made these movies. I, I believe I, I'm, I'm almost a hundred percent certain they are not married now. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, they made these movies. Uh, they 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 got the the budget to make this one because of uh, you know she's a bankable star and Shane Black's script was. It was like a four million dollar script or something. Like they paid him an astronomical amount of money for the script, and uh, they got this movie made, which is about Samantha Kane, a homemaker in suburbia, who has a child and has a boyfriend who's a nice guy, and uh, they live in Pennsylvania. Then suddenly she starts to think that uh, everything's not okay. There's visions popping up she's having dreams she's people from her past are trying to reach out to her in sometimes very violent ways and uh she decides to go on a road trip almost inexplicably i'd say with a private detective uh, Mm. by samuel L. jackson to discover what it is about her past that has everybody so upset um yeah, the uh, the road trip I think is understandable. The uh, deciding to do that with Samuel Jackson's PI uh, less so to me, and leaving uh, her child and her completely defenseless husband uh, boyfriend alone after they just got that, attacked by a murdering yeah. assassin. <laughs> it's like, like yeah, what after someone died in their home, right? You know, like the police would have God. said, you know, like, hey, don't go anywhere for a little while. That's so true. You're so right. No. They would have uh, leave. I mean, there's a lot going on at the beginning of this. Um, oh, yeah. The, like the rocket launcher that is also a shotgun? <laughs> sure. It's on the bottom of an 1887, uh, same kind of uh, ter- the Terminator 2 shotgun that he, where you cock it like this, you know? But more meant like... But yeah, yeah. If, <laughs> so the guy... Oh, that, that's up. not what you were talking about, JR? No, I, I like. Would she have found her inner abilities from her previous life if she had not gotten like her concussion from her insane car wreck a few Jeez. nights before, where uh, she actively killed a person and no one ever seemed to care about that? Um, she's like, I'm going to snap this deer's neck. I'm not going to go get the guy out of the burning car. Oh well, I mean, she was del- del- like you know uh, what do you call it? Not delusional, um, delirious. Yeah, delirious days I mean, from the from yeah, the yeah, accident. Yeah, yeah. She's right? in she the, can't uh, be held accountable for that. Of course, the the snapping of the neck is like our first little signal that like you know somebody's back. That's not She's that's not the uh, the elementary school teacher that we know. 
who uh, has a sense of humor about her mysterious past. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. But yeah, it's like, would uh, would that criminal who just was like, I could have escaped prison at any time. I just chose now because I saw a picture or someone on TV. Um, if that guy had not shown up in that moment, I guess he just would have killed her, right? Uh, I think he. Ass- I don't know. Oh, if he. Oh, he would have killed her. Yes, I. It's convenient. Mm. I understand what you're saying. It's convenient that she gets her past assassin personality reawakened <laughs> moments love- before she gets uh, attacked. <laughs> No one has yeah. ever chopped this fast. Oh, right. <laughs> JR referring to a scene in which she discovers she can cut carrots very quickly, and uh, she believes she's a chef for a moment. Mm. And she throws the knife. You had to love the callback, though, when she kills the guy and says, Chef, oh, do that. I, I did. Mm. I, I did actually love that. Um, <laughs> sorry. I, and I. There are plenty of things about this movie I do not like. I, I did overall enjoy this movie. And. Um, and what it brought with the uh, with the action and some of the sh- some of the Shane Black stuff worked uh, for me. Some of it did not, but the uh, the callback with the chef thing definitely did. Nice, hmm. Kevin. Kevin, what do you think? I I would agree with Jr. Like um like I thought lots of it was lots of it was good and solid. Um, I really like Samuel L. Jackson. I thought he was great as the comic relief. Um, and him like delivering some of like some of Shane Black's you know dialogue like you know you walk into a bar and the sailors come come running out going what's going on uh, you know, Kevin what like mm. how nervous were you the first time we saw Samuel L. Jackson with him entering a room with a guy having uh, <laughs> intercourse with a prostitute, which we learn is, is not exactly what's happening, but the, uh, he's got yeah. the gun and he starts doing the monologue. And I was like, Oh no. Oh no. We cannot be doing like the same Jack, Samuel Jackson is doing Pulp Fiction thing for this whole movie. And, uh, oh. and thank God. Yeah. I mean, that was a, that was a bit. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't know, like, I had seen, you know, like, the, uh, I don't know, the cover art for this at, uh, like, Blockbuster or something, and I thought for sure that, like, I thought Samuel L. Jackson was, like, I thought this was basically, you know, Point of No Return, La Femme Nikita, you know, with a little, you know, Lethal Weapon and Home Alone thrown in, so I thought, like, Sam Jackson was gonna be, like, her her handler who, like, you know, figured out that like she was still alive and like, you know, he's trying to like bring her um, personality back. But then like when it turned out like he's, you know, just some rando private detective who just happened to, you know, um, hit the jackpot with her um, with her past. Like, um, yeah, he is. I, uh, know, I thought it, I thought it worked. Um, but yeah, I mean, like it. Yeah. Like if we don't like if we don't, you know. You know, we see him and uh, his like partner, secretary, whoever you know, like fake prostitute, Melina um, Kanakaridis. Yeah, and I only mentioned her, her name, her actress, the actress's name, because this is actually our second deep dive with her. If you can believe what, it, what no was the first? She's uh, De Niro's fiance in Fifteen Minutes. Ah, uh, okay. What yeah. the hell? Yeah, I thought I recognized her, and I had to look her up while I was watching. I was like, "Who is she, dude? I still recognize her." And yeah, that's who she is. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, if we didn't have, like, the setup with the two of them and, like, yeah, I mean, it is still odd that, you know, like, he just, he just, you know, he shows up, like, right after the psycho killer, you know, gets out of jail, who's, like, you know, apparently conveniently named Jack, who loses an eye. Uh, um, uh, I didn't even get that. Yeah. That's very good. Yeah, I... yeah. <laughs> and you go, I want my eye back, bitch. Shane Black is such a good writer. <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. Oh, man. But, yeah, uh, yeah, like, there, like, like JR mentioned, there's a lot of, like, little, like, well, I was going to call them little loose ends, but, like, some of these are, like, pretty glaring. Like, yeah, like, you know, She's giving the old man a ride home. He's waving his hand, and next thing you know, like she flies out of the she flies out of the window when she crashes in, into a tree. He's dead because you know now like the the car is on fire, and you know she's just wandering around. You know doesn't doesn't want to you know for a cold blooded killer. You know like doing the mercy killing on the deer, snapping its neck. And then, you know, passing out in the snow. And then, you know, oh, yeah, you know, she's she's in the hospital for, I guess, a little while. Long enough for One-Eyed Jack to get out of jail. Um, right. Well, yeah, I mean, then, you know, like, they li- like, they're literally, like, blowing up their house. Like, it starts off with, like, a couple of shotgun blasts. And then there's, like, a fucking, you know, like, Roman candle that comes out of this thing. Yeah. And then conveniently, you know, the hole that's blown into the house is just right next to the tree house. That's just quick thinking on Samantha Kane's part, though. That's good stuff. Yeah. And and it's not the last time that we'll see, like, extremely convenient explosions. But the... Yeah. Uh, and, 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 and conveniently placed exits. Yes. When she jumps out of the window, for instance, with Sam Jackson, and yes. it just happened to be over a very thin <laughs> layer of ice on the lake. She was when yeah. she was shooting at the ice. I was like, "What? Like, is, does shooting bullets at at snow make it softer?" Like, I was like, "I had no <laughs> idea <laughs> what she was doing." It's like, oh, um, Kevin, you did leave out the deer again. I know I had already mentioned the deer. They hit a mm-hmm. deer. Um, so it's not just that they hit a tree, they hit a deer, oh, yeah, yeah. and that right. deer was wildly combative and was oh, kicking yeah. the shit out of them. That's real, yeah. man. That's how, you hit, Have you hit a deer? <laughs> yeah. I saw they don't believe it. I'm just like, like they, it wasn't just, you know, I'm like swerving into a tree after I hit a deer. It's like the deer yeah, is yeah, kicking right. me. I can't see. Um, I'm going to have a concussion anyway because I've been kicked in the head. I feel like uh, that's what that's what kill. I I feel like I don't think I feel well. Okay, sorry, uh, sorry. She doesn't get kicked. He gets kicked. But he he he's alive enough to open the door. After that's that's a muscle that's a muscle memory, dude. He's just like, oh, we're here. I got to get out. You know, and then he's dead. You know what I mean? She's she's the one. She just gets thrown out of the window and she lands on the soft snow. And the reason her face is bloody is because she went through the window. But I don't think she got hit by the deer. They okay. sh- they make a point of showing the deer hoof slamming into that guy's head, you know. Yeah. During yeah. the uh, during the axe. Anyways, no, I mean neither here nor there. Not really. I I want to mention one thing really quick. We sorry, talk- we- sorry, Rennie. Sorry. We talked about the um the vegetable cutting scene already, but mm-hmm. there is a great sort of 
cut in the score there to this sort of 90s sitcom music with like saxophone. Do you guys remember this? No. It goes, it's 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 like a um like like full house or something all of a sudden you know it reminds me of that scene in um and only Kevin will understand this but Kevin and Fraser that one early early episode where he uh it's like a montage of him taking calls and it starts mm. playing that song uh they call me Mister Beautiful <laughs> and they just it's like this horrible like eighties like trash song and they keep they play the entire song it's brutal. Anyway, well, actually, like it, it also reminds me of uh, the um, you know, when in Seinfeld when they're doing Jerry, and you know, the, like the opening theme of of that when they're doing, yeah, it's like, like the that. It's like, it was like the, bad sitcom of the cast, you know. It's so real too. That's like exactly what a sitcom is back then. Yeah, I I feel like this this beginning section um, kind of threw her. And Sam Samuel Jackson uh, jumping out the window and crashing into the water, like I I feel like this half hour is like where the movie is most sort of in control of its tone. Um, I really liked Gina Davis as a uh, as a teacher, like the way that she like I, I mentioned, she's had like a sense of humor about her condition. I, I hated the voiceover that we never get again, but uh, that's to be expected. It goes away after two minutes. It's fine. But like the way that she talks to the boy who's like trying to steal cigarettes yeah. and like threatens him. Do you and, like to call like back she, to that? Uh, sure. It's not bad. When he it, pisses it's himself. Not bad. It's not yeah. Yeah. I thought the kid's performance was, weird, was weirdly good. Like he's, he's very real in that moment. Well, he, he doesn't overreact. Uh, but then he does, you know, we get the most close up Gene's projects with the, the people. What? Wake <laughs> I didn't hear anything you just said. Sorry, go ahead, say it again. <laughs> oh, it's just like he was he was great, he didn't overreact, but then we do like this quick cut that's so close to his crotch. Oh, love his crotch, right. Yes. Mm. Being, yes. And, and it's like, right, we, very yellow. It's like neon we, yellow. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so we we get it. It's P. What else would it be, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. For me, the uh, the spell was broken, uh, not with the introduction of Brian Cox, but when they got in Brian Cox's car. Oh, when he uh, makes jokes and stuff. Tomorrow so we go to the this zoo. Is where <laughs> the Shane Black stuff failed for me, and I was like, does Brian Cox not know how to deliver dialogue? Like, what's going on? And I'm pretty sure this is not true, uh, but like nothing he said worked it like they were even like are you doctor blah 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 and he was like no i'm blah 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 who'd you think it was this is like this is not working <laughs> he's not working well luckily he's not in the movie very long you know well so. it's just the yeah, first I mean, you know in the deceptions that we get right yeah um, i don't I, I see what jr is saying like i don't know you know, I don't know the whole history of Brian Cox's uh, filmography, but like, I gotta imagine, like, I don't the way he's delivering the dialogue. It's like he, you know, like somebody told him go watch this movie where this dialogue is delivered in a certain fashion, and he's now and he's coming in with that, as opposed to like maybe giving it, you know, m- more consideration. As to you know how to better deliver it in his you know personal way. 
Well, they do say uh, in the uh, in the IMDb trivia, it does say that um, the studio wanted the movie to be like funnier, mm. and so there may have been some like punching up or reshooting or something. I'm not really sure. Apparently, there mm. was a version of the script that was like way darker and more brutal, and you actually see. You know how when when they capture um, like the first scene that she becomes fully herself out of the, mm-hmm. in the water, you know, and then which we could talk about, but when I she <laughs> right <laughs> that first scene apparently like in the there's a script where you see Samuel Jackson getting tortured, uh, where mm. you know you just see him naked and and like laying in there bleeding in the um, finished film. Where she rescues him out of the barn. Yeah, but um. So, anyways, stuff like that, I guess. I mean, I could see, I could see this movie getting to a much darker place. There's a lot of like weird, like the the. I don't want to jump to him. I we don't need to talk about this guy right now because I have a lot to say about Greg Greg Craig Bierko in this movie. But uh, the the threats that he makes are like really crazy and like odd, like just specific and very dark and violent and scary. So like, you know, <laughs> not, uh, yeah, I could just see it being a much, you know, sort of darker film. It's a very pretty man. Oh, is he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it was fascinating. Um, I, I know that I, sorry, I, I cut you off earlier when you were like trying to go through the plot. Um, well, that's okay. We, we've had, so many things happen like she and uh, Davis and Jackson jump out of a window because like they're in this sort of like train station bus station thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's and, like the exact same station from X-Men one. It looks just the same <laughs> yes. way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but they're like, they're trying to meet uh, Brian Cox's uh, doctor who it turns out is her, her old handler. And like he trained her to be the assassin that, she ultimately is revealed to be. And um, he doesn't show up there, but Craig Bierko does in a weird exchange where he confirms that like, Oh, this woman does not remember me. We'll see. We'll see this guy again. And, uh, and then what seems like I understood this to be like government troops, like CIA agents. Mm. And I think it ultimately is, even if they're, not doing what they're supposed to. This come in like they shoot the whole fucking place up. They're killing. They're killing these people. Like just uh, bystanders, left and right. It's a. It's not a good look. Uh, but For who? They, because because you think they're CIA agents. They're not CIA. Well, no. We're, I mean, remember they're they were to blame on the Muslims. Yeah, they're independent yeah. contractors. Though they said they said um, they said Craig Bierko is like a is a terrorist essentially, right? Mm. That he's become he's become he, they they say that they say old enemies or old targets became have become new friends, mm. and like they're using him to set up the the nine eleven type uh, thing, you know, the the terrorist attack to. Uh, it's the CIA who's tapping Brian Cox's phone. And yeah, like, they're yeah they're they're in league. So like but they, I would, yeah. they don't have CIA like guys on the ground. So in the but in the moment, I'm like, this is the CIA because okay, we see, see the CIA. Mm. Like we've already seen the CIA talking to the president about this situation. We see that's who's tapping the phone. <laughs> uh, but so okay, real quick, just real quick though, it's Craig Bierko calling the shots though. Like mm. two of the guys on the ground, he's the one they're they're looking to as a leader. Yes, they don't know anything about 
the upper echelon bald guy who's not he says I'm not a complete ogre at the end. That guy. Mm. They don't know uh, about him. Perkins. Yeah, Perkins, yes. Right? Okay. yes. Yes, yes. Yeah. Who's indicted for treason. Yeah. Yes. Sorry. So like in the moment though, I'm like the CIA is killing sure. everyone. This sure. is not good. Um this is interesting to hear because like I've seen this movie conservatively two dozen times in my life. <laughs> so like I have none of these thoughts now. You know, I can't have those thoughts. Yeah, because I know exactly what's happening, you know, at, at every moment. So, <laughs> well, we Brian Cox is getting the car. Get it now! I said now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> one of my least favorite line deliveries, and uh, mm-hmm. they end up like basically jumping him because they don't trust him. And uh, you know, there's some idiom I'm looking for here uh, where they see another name attached to her and they they like jump in the mouth of the whale uh what like nobody out of the frying pan the into the fire sure there we go <laughs> something like this right i don't know i teach i teach yeah. english the um <laughs> you do idiom that's enough <laughs> yeah <laughs> like end up at uh david morse's house right. uh mm. where she <laughs> Gina Davis is just so ridiculous. She's like, I'm a chef. Uh, maybe not, but <laughs> I'm never, I'm not going to learn a lesson here. Like I knew this guy so well, he must've been my fiance. And they're like, of course, no, he's the guy that you were going to kill next. A great moment though, when she's trying to prove to Sam Jackson and she says, I know he, he pees sitting down and he goes, all right, <laughs> easy. I'm getting a boner here. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's the best. Sam Jackson is so good in this. I, he I, was. He's really he was good. good. He was good. He's very good. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's Morse who is uh, torturing Gina Davis, and it's Morse's people, which could include Craig Bierko. This is not Morse's Daedalus. Weird. Yeah, but like, and, like, Craig Bierko uh, is one of his guys. Right. Bierko? Bierko? I don't know that Bierko's one of like Bierko doesn't work for him though, right? They're like I, I feel like they're on the same level. You think? Mm. Yeah, that's what I that's think they're both I part got. of like Project H- Homeland, Honeymoon, Overland, Honeymoon, Honeymoon. Yeah, <laughs> I got the impression that they are like sort of on the same level and both working together to make Honeymoon happen. Although it is okay. weird, like she appro- she she gets to Daedalus's place, and he's like he lives on a farm by himself, and it's like it it is it is a little weird. Like he's got to know by now that she's around. You they know? they have said before that they are calling Daedalus. Right. So it's like, how how is he not like worried that she's coming to like shoot him? Because she he knows she used to target him back in the day. But he's yeah. just out chopping wood. No big deal. It's an average well, Sunday. And, he, you know? and then he says something that doesn't make sense. He's like, I was convinced you had forgotten, like it was real that you have amnesia. And then you showed up here. And then I was nice to you and not worried. <laughs> it's like right. It's like yeah. It's right, like I'm oh, sure I, I just uh, I just thought she had a new show. She'll never show up. But it's like he had to have known about the movement so far. Like he had to have known that they mm. shot up the train station earlier that day. Surely you somebody think. called him and told him that. But you he's not think. prepared at all. And he, and then yeah. I do I do like the scene though where she. But it only works in retrospect. But knowing like watching it and knowing what he knows. Like that, he he knows who she is, and she doesn't know who he is, and then he immediately starts playing along, like Charlie. Oh, I missed you, you know. And it's like it's it's pretty good, but only if you watch it again, 
knowing all that, like you don't know that to be, you know, you don't know what's going on when you're watching it the first time. I would imagine so. But uh, yeah, that's good stuff. I like David Morse. When I said deceptively well cast, David Morse is mm. good. Uh, Brian Cox is in this, and he is well, an actor. But, <laughs> so. but David, but David, David Morse is the second deception. He is immediately sure. He's, yeah, he's right? not in it very much, but he's, he's no, in it. And no, he's but good like. In it. We we keep this is like the second person who shows up and is like this is a dude like he matters and then right. uh, actually no <laughs> and it's I mean he, that, he might have mattered but he's he's dead now isn't it weird that Craig Bierko <laughs> is the guy, like not the guy you know at all but he he's the one who ends yeah. up being the big bad <laughs> it's so yeah. strange well, it was, but like I mean from that first scene like he's menacing it's not like he's he's bad mm-hmm. it's like he has no presence it just he just comes off like a like a Bond villain though. Like he's yeah. he's goofy, he's over the top, like evil and sociopathic and But this is you know, it's like when you're trained by television, it's like the mm-hmm. you know, you, the guest star you recognize is, is the one who committed the crime. You know, like it it was uh not refreshing to see David Morse killed because like I mean he's I, I like him. But mm-hmm. it was surprising to see David Morse killed that way and see yeah. Birko continue on. That's great. See, I again, that it's nothing to me because I I'm waiting for <laughs> see, to see the squid go I, off David Morris's chest. I did not expect. Yeah. I mean, I mean, five minutes earlier, before that, I did not expect to see Brian Cox show up under the water. <laughs> I but did not is, expect Brian Cox to be dead. Speaking of Shane Black, though, okay, now I, I I was I was sort of making fun of Shane Black earlier. Shane Black is a good writer, and hmm. he is he he's. He's got. He's one of the very few screenwriters who has a very distinctive sort of voice as a writer. Yeah. I think, and, definitely, um, and not just the fact that he sets every movie he ever makes at Christmas. You know, even this one. Um, but not yeah. not just that. That is that is something that I think is like it's a, troubling. a yeah. thing that he. You know, I don't know. It's like his his thing. You know, he has his to brand. Do- Right, his brand, right? But like he's a he's a very he's very funny. His shit's really really funny. Always like consistently funny. Uh, and uh, the the thing that um I was thinking of like other writers that are like that. I was like Mamet's like like that. Mamet has a voice. Tarantino has a voice. You know. Um. But anyways, I was uh the 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 scene when Brian Cox ends up under the water. The talk about callbacks when. When he he just in the in the sort of flurry of conversation that's happening in the car after he rescues them, he mentions that he keeps a, a gun next to his dick because mm, guys will yes. pat him down. A great that's a great way to get her a gun. You know what I mean? Oh like, yeah, absolutely. It's yeah, wonderful. I love that. I and I disliked Brian Cox's delivery of those lines, and very <laughs> much liked Gina Davis patting around his crotch area to get a gun. Yeah. Reaching yeah. into it. Uh, and yeah, <laughs> I definitely was like, you know, David Morris has obviously not seen anyone of, uh, Gina Davis's caliber lately in the, uh, in the field, in the, mm. in the government, mm. the terrorism field, the, um, cause when the person you're torturing says, I'd like a bath. So that you can right, yeah. Please put me back underwater. Yeah, not do that. Let's not. But also, like, like when they when they show like a there's like a little like shot from above, like you can see into the water. That's true. So like, so like the water is clear. Yeah, it looks very clean. And you know when 
when, you know, he's like rolling her back cool. up, it's very obvious that her, I don't know. Like, her hand is in front of her. Like her other hand's up here and her hand's in front of her when she's coming up. He's just not, yeah. they show, they cut back to him to show that he's not looking though. Cause he's like, you know, he's, he's looking down like as he's, cause it's so much effort yeah. to pull it. And That's those funny. were probably reshoots cause they were like, is this guy really dumb? <laughs> Uh, yeah well like i don't know like that's kind of like this this little sequence here kind of you know is sort of like it's sort of what this movie is like there's very very good solid stuff that's in here but then it it's constantly being undercut by like dumb like inconsistencies like yeah, like it's it's really cool that you know we have the setup that you know the gun is going to be on Brian Cox's person, but the fact that she's able to pull this you know old ass revolver up and you know that's been under the water for goodness knows how long and it's still going to fire. It's a Walther PPK actually, but anyways, um, <laughs> no, yeah, it's, it's a that. James Bond. It's like a total James Bond gun. It's, it's silver. Oh, okay. <laughs> he he, he um, pulls a whenever he's in the car. He pulls a revolver out after he gives he gives his oh, like Sighauer okay. to uh, to Gina Davis to shoot out the back, and then he pulls a revolver out. Anyway, um, I also that scene when he she comes out of the water, and they like put like some kind of like weird like flanger effect or like a chorus effect on her scream when she's screaming. Mm. It's sort of mixed in with the score at that moment, but you could hear it. it is, it's weird. I don't know why they do it. Like they, her scream is like unnatural. And I guess that's, maybe that's what they're going for. Like it's, this is the birth of Charlie, you know, like, <laughs> you know, like yeah. it's, it's really goofy. <coughs> uh, notes, notes on Charlie. From here we get Charlie Baltimore, which is, uh, I think, a fantastic character name. I love Charlie Baltimore. That's wonderful. Um, I am less interested in Charlie Baltimore, the character, who is just sort of like a gruff, I don't give a fuck. Um, mm. and for some reason, at this point in the movie, like the middle of the movie, I'm like not interested in her journey to like figure out that she cares about her daughter again. Uh, I, uh, I thought that was lame. but whatever. I have the note... Charlie is obnoxious because when she first mm. appears in the hotel room after she's rescued Sam Jackson and, and tended to his wounds, uh, her, everything that happens in that first scene when she like sort of introduces herself as Charlie to him, I hate, I hate the entire yeah. scene. I hate the way it's written. I hate her attitude in it. It's gross. She feels like she's, she feels like she's playing a character who is like, posturing as this character like this isn't actually who i am mm. i have to i have to really lay it on thick to make you think i'm like charlie baltimore but really i'm totally samantha game which is not at all what the way the movie wants you to think i think i think they want you to think there's like yeah. a mixture of both of them but mm. it's uh it's, well, it's just it's, a, it's just to find the mixture sure um but. i will say that uh uh i love the sort of dueling preparation uh, montages that go on right before that scene where you hear the um, it's the Santana song. Uh, ah, fuck. I forget what it is. Anyway, so it's like, it's like, long... Thomas? no, no, no. It's, um, it's, a, it's actually a cover though. It is a cover. It's, but it's one of the early songs from the sixties. But anyways, 
Um, <clears throat> and it's like a it's like a tracking shot of like you know the pier and everything and the city, and then it cuts to her and she's cutting her hair and dyeing her hair and doing the the mm. raccoon eye makeup yeah. and everything. And then it cuts to him and immediately drops that music and starts the sister, sister, soul, sister, soul. And then he's mm. getting ready and like putting on his pants and zipping up and everything, and like lighting Newports <laughs> and shit. I just thought that was really like a really cool moment and almost like giving their characters equal weight, you know, like equal time, you know. Um, I like that a lot. Which is yeah. silly, and I and I do silly in, in what ends up being a good way, where Sam Jackson makes explicit that he is not useful and why is he here right and then she pushes him out of the car and uh on the ground and lights a cigarette and i i did really enjoy that yeah i enjoyed that a lot and yeah i mean like i think it's i think it's um as you know silly and you know obviously comic relief that you know his character is supposed to be and is like you know, there, there's that part where, you know, like she's like trying to, you know, like get up on him and he's like, I don't think so. You know, um, I think this is why you'd fuck me to kill a school teacher. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's just like, that's such a like, it shows a depth to him that like, you know, um, you don't get a lot with like comic relief in these kinds of um, these kinds of movies, you know, I think I think. And this is not against. But that's like yeah, cop this, psychology, you know. Sure, this is not. This is not. A, this is not a, a dig at you, but you call. You keep calling him comic relief. I don't know that I would refer to Samuel Jackson's comic relief in this movie. I mean, this movie is an action, almost like an action comedy. Mm. There, a lot of the characters have comedic. Even Greg Greg Bier, Craig Bier, Bierko has. <laughs> Has comedic lines. No know? one knows. No okay, one knows. okay, you're right, you're right. It's like uh, uh, the other Shane Black movies. It's like Lethal Weapon or, or uh, The Last Boy Scout. You know, there are lots of really, <laughs> yeah, really yeah. funny moments, uh, but it's also this action movie because these very dark things going on in it also. But okay. I think it's just like, it's just so almost, it almost feels know. like a disservice to say Samuel Jackson is there to provide comic relief because he's better than that. Like, his character is more nuanced. You're right, you're right. Which is ridiculous to think that, like, in this goofy action movie from the 90s, that uh, there's this nuance. But, like, it is. Like, he does have, he's got a, 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 it's sort of, I mean, it's it's cliche in a lot of ways. He's got this backstory that he explains to her. But I love that, too, because at the end of it, there's that great moment where he's, like, you think he's telling the story about how he was, there was a frame up. And he's, like, no, 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 I stole the shit. Like, I was, you know, like, he's, a, <laughs> he's, he's flawed. He's, he, his wife hates him or his ex-wife. His kid doesn't, you know. His kid likes him, but she, he, he can't. He doesn't have a good relationship with him. He's trying, but he's it's it's like he's a good guy, but he's also doing a lot of shitty things. And he acknowledges that towards the end, later uh, uh, parts of the film, which I want to get into later. But um, yeah, so uh, I'm sorry. You know, again, not not a. I, it's no, a, you make a great point. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna un I'm gonna undig Kevin here. Uh, <laughs> so, John, you're you're totally right about about Sam Jackson's character and the nuance and, and I, I do think he's written well, but I, I also think that um, like in structuring this movie, like, like we, we built in like a handler um, facilitator for a character who does not need one. Like she is way more capable and accomplished than he is. And sure. so like, he really is often useless and, and, 
that's yeah. like he saves the day in a way and, and, and like I can't wait for you guys to explain that to me because I was so confused I think I, I dozed off or something at the end there um, not, not dozed off as it seems zoned, zoned out there we go yeah. Where's, where are my words um, <laughs> but but like, like I I do think that like he is structured as comedic relief, but is also a really good character. I mean, if this mm. were a movie where he didn't have as much um sort of backstory and nuance, and, and there weren't or there weren't these moments where he was introspective and 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 you know, mm. think and that you didn't you didn't see scenes of his life. Like if he was a comedic relief character, you wouldn't have seen the scene with his kid. That just wouldn't be in the movie. No, yeah, no, I, I, I understand why you're pushing against this, and I, I understand why Kevin thinks it's he's comedic relief. I, I just he doesn't fit the mold of just like the the joke best friend character or the or or that kind of thing. But he is he also like doesn't have a purpose for most of the movie, and he is making a lot of jokes, and sure. doesn't have a purpose for a lot of the hmm. movie, but is still nuanced and extremely well-written. Yeah. Like she keeps saving. Yeah. Um, well, I guess like, like he's, he's the foil or, you know, like, I don't know. It, I mean, he's a good, he's just, it, yeah, it, it he, wouldn't be accurate to call yeah. him the man of the group, but it's a, it's a, you it's know, a Shane black movie. It's a, it's a buddy cop movie essentially. Mm-hmm. And they're the buddy cops. They're not cops, yes. but they're the buddies at the center of the film. And one mm-hmm. of them, they're like polar opposites. They're not the same. Like uh, she, again, Jared said, she's very, very, very skilled. He's not skilled at all. Uh, but he's, you know, but he's not stupid either. He's uh, a street smart. You might say, although he never, that never really comes into play very much, well, but she does, does call him an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> What is what is she says in the just, alley where he's like he doesn't he points the gun at the guy he's like headhunters travel in packs or whatever. oh right 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 yeah you oh, an I idiot thought, I thought you meant uh, this ain't no ham on rye pal <laughs> <laughs> he says, I was thinking of that ham on rye but I like what she says uh are you, do, no, she says she says uh, were you were you born this stupid or did you take lessons and he says I took lessons. <laughs> Um, she had a she had a really funny line when they're walking into the train station like oh know, the sharpshooter thing yeah like I'm not gonna, oh, I'm not gonna, put, that down. <laughs> gonna put the gun close, close to my close to my so I put it in my put pants and my, my damn dick off yeah and now you're now you're a sharpshooter shooter <laughs> I do not like that line at all. I, <laughs> it's so gross. Rob. It was like it was so eighty yard too. It like wasn't real. Like it was just like you could tell it was added after. But I hate, I hate that line. <laughs> I uh, I wrote that down, and uh, my line next to it is not sure how I feel about the decent Shane Black one liners. <laughs> like it's like just I, you know what it was decent, but something's not right. We don't have to analyze that line too much, but like the just it coming out from her, I didn't believe it like at all. I didn't believe she, Samantha Kane in that moment would be saying that at all. She had been making jokes, sure, but that's that like a, that's a real, that's like a weird joke to make too. You're like with this man who you don't really know very well. You're talking about well, the I don't know. She's sick. I, don't know. I mean, I am constantly I know, cracking she's, jokes she's doing, about the length. There's of been a little bit of there. Also, has been a little bit of like. I dare, not, dare I say, sexual tension in the hotel, in the motel, prior to that when she when she's watching him with his holiday shirt off. Inn. Yeah, and she it's not a Holiday Inn, is it? No, hotel, motel, Holiday Inn. It's a pit, pitbull song. Hotel, motel, Holiday. Jesus God, 
Is he emo? Okay, so she's watching him through the door, you know, and she sees him with his shirt off, and then he, like, says, I sing what I do and all that stuff. I feel like there's a little bit of, like, uh, you know, this weird sort of, uh, yeah. you know, it's, like, awkward because he's shirtless and they don't really know each other. And Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I, 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 I don't know. Like, she she does make these, like, like really, like, dark asides, but, like, I, I, I yeah, it is kind of weird that it would be so comical, mm-hmm. I think, you know, because, like, like, you know, I catch you trying to sneak something again, they'll never find your body or something. Yeah, like that's. That. I mean, I don't. Yeah, that's a that's yeah, something. I, I, that's not. something I could I could see her saying to a kid though. Well, but, and I sure. that's, that's I what know. I mentioned earlier. I thought she was sort of like playing up that she has this like mysterious backstory that no one, oh, right, even yeah. she understands. Mm-hmm. So it's like like but, when um, she makes a joke with the the girls where she forget I forget where the kitchen is. And yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. To the kid girl. That's in the trailer, by the way. The um, <laughs> I yeah. Oh, just real the, quick. Uh, the the sexual the tension oh. felt like a sorry. sorry. No, yeah, no, go ahead. The sexual tension. I, I was like, I, I thought that was there just to pay off later in the other at the Atlantic City Hotel. I think it's Atlantic City, where it's yeah. like, you know, she's gonna like try and try and sleep with him. It and very well may be. Yeah, it very well may be just there for that. There, uh, I was just going to, I just have a note that I need to get out of the way. And it's like from really early on the film, which is that um, the guy who they're running the prostitution sting on in the first in that scene is the guy from Cliffhanger, who is another Rooney Harlan movie. He's one of the villains in Cliffhanger. Oh, his nice. Name, his name's Rex Lynn. Um, is that and before or after this? This is way before. This is when they're when they first introduced Sam Jackson. Uh, sorry, it was Cliffhanger before? Oh, or sorry, after Cliffhanger's before. <laughs> 90, 90, 93. Mm. Okay, uh, so three years before. And Cutthroat Island was 94, 95? 95, I guess. They okay. said it was mm. right before. I don't. know. I watched it right not too too long ago. I feel like a couple of years, but I yeah, it's uh, I wouldn't. It's not worth it if you haven't seen it. I don't think Matthew Modine stars in it, which is really weird. Mm. Yeah, it's ninety five. It's one of the most notorious flops of the nineties. I don't think it's like a. It doesn't deserve that. Like it didn't deserve to flop as hard as it did. It's not like an atrocious piece of shit movie or anything. It's just not. It's just you know. It's it's not good. But mm-hmm. um, uh, sorry. Where are we in the film? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, like, let's get to like back to Buffalo, right? Like, uh, wait, what? Back to Buffalo. Like we're. You mean Pennsylvania? Aren't they in Pennsylvania? They're in Buffalo. She lives in Pennsylvania. It says so in the. Uh, it says she lives okay. in Honesdale, Pennsylvania. Oh, and then they go to mm. Buffalo. They go to and, Buffalo uh, at the end. I just, it was so much, Buffalo. so much goddamn snow. I just assumed it was all Buffalo. Yeah, well, it's um, where it's snowy, right? So. All right, so back to Pennsylvania, where uh, she breaks back into her home and <laughs> rifles through her daughter's shit for the bracelet. Oh, and she also. <laughs> it's been revealed that she does not care about her daughter at all. She says that. Mm. She this says is that a whole, thing. this is a whole thing that I find annoying. Yeah. yeah. yeah Sam Jackson's like, why don't you call your daughter two days before Christmas? She was right. like, I didn't mm. ask to have a daughter or something like that. Can I say something that's absolutely absurd about that specific moment? Hey, call your daughter. She might be under the mistaken impression that mommy gives a shit. It's two days before Christmas. Uh, okay. At the beginning of the road trip, she literally writes down her cell phone number on this kid's cast. Yeah. Mm. This kid has not called her yet. <laughs> My daughter calls me every fucking day. She's not with me. Yeah. Oh, she on her iPad, she FaceTimes me. <laughs> like every day. 
it's just like, I mean, are you kidding? Like, the daughter hasn't, the daughter doesn't miss her? The daughter hasn't called no. her once? What about Talk? Hank or yeah. Hal or whatever his name is? He's not checking in? Oh, the boyfriend? Yeah, right? The boyfriend never calls? Yeah, yeah. She's got no contact with anybody except Sam Jackson for the last, I mean, I don't know how long they're on this road trip. I don't know, a week? Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, and also, like, as far as Sam Jackson is concerned, uh, she cared about her daughter, like, six hours ago. Mm. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, that's also, not like, that, that, was, that was, like, I mean, she's become a new... Well, yeah, yeah. I, I get it. I get it. Nice. Okay. Hey, do you guys remember, like, when she's rifling through the house? Is there ever a point where she, like, you know, is looking around and turns and sees a candle that's lit? No, that's at the uh, end when she she sees uh, the candle that's lit in the window of when she's been the girl's been captured. She okay. they, for some reason they allow her to light candles in her prison room that she's in, which makes no sense. But no. totally, yeah, they're um, not complete ogres, right? Okay, <laughs> they do not understand what she's capable of. Um, mm. And we get a a wonderful uh, ice skating murder scene mm-hmm. um, in Pennsylvania. Uh, before her daughter gets kidnapped by Greg, by, I'm just calling him Timothy. By the way, yeah, that's his that's character's good. name. Yeah, yeah. Let's call him Timothy. Birko is Timothy, um, who like somehow has like a full like 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 hospital mask, whatever of um, yeah. of chlorophyll. Maybe who knows what it is? Could be chlorophyll. Probably not chlorophyll, but chloroform. Maybe, maybe chloroform. Chloroform. What's chlorophyll? Chlorophyll is in plants. plants? Yeah. Mm. Or it's, <laughs> it's, okay. it's okay. I've lost them all. I'm not good at science, though. Um, <laughs> chloroform um, or whatever is in there to make her pass out. It could be yeah. mm. some thing. kind of Ether. gas. But, but yeah, like, he has, he has a, a mechanism for this. And mm. just like doesn't like try to like drag her out, pretend she's walking or anything. Like puts her over his shoulder to walk out of this church. She's asleep. And she, uh, she, she crashed out like little kids do, you know, and says to a mother with a knife in his hand, mm. like you're going to, you're about to have 2.4 children. Yeah. Which, um, I'm not good at math. I didn't understand the math joke. <laughs> there. It looked like there were two kids there, which I didn't, I don't get how the two, how, so he's going to add children to them by cutting them. I don't know. But I thought, I thought, there's the third kid, and we're just not seeing the third kid. Maybe okay. she's holding. Maybe she was holding a baby or something. Well, that's bad framing. Mm, yeah, we yeah. should see that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's also a weird line because it it forces your mind to be like, okay, wait a minute, two point four. Mm. <laughs> now you're thinking about like the math of that situation, and it's also one of those again one of those it. one of those dark threats that Beerco makes. Mm. Uh, you know where he's, and they're always towards children. You know where he, he's gonna he's gonna cut these children up with a knife. I mean, it's just a fucked up weird thing to say. Yeah, but I get well, it in the moment, and it works. Gets him right out of that church. Uh, yeah, she's mm. very scared, and why? Why would she ever report that to anybody? Um, yeah, wouldn't you would just go on with your day? Yeah, yeah. You know, he, he left. He left. I was scared for that moment, but now he's gone. Thank, thank God. God. Thank God he's gone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, she gets uh, she gets taken. Um, <laughs> she doesn't know this because again, she's been ice skating across a lake to, uh, to kill dudes in a car that have started following Samuel Jackson in, in his car. And, uh, and then we have a whole thing about, uh, about cell phones. And, uh, mm. I thought taking over the call center was one of the more ridiculous things I've ever seen. 
Like, how did that end up in a movie? <laughs> I remember being a being like a kid, like a young teenager, and watching this movie a lot. I need a patch. Mm. I remember never understanding any of that. Like, what are they doing at the phone company? Like, what are they trying to understand? And then he even looks at the thing and like, he sees and like, he sees like the address of the, of the phone on the, uh, the phone company or something on the, um, on the envelope in the car. And he's like, why don't we go to the phone? And I'm just like, I don't understand. Like, what does that mean? I never understood any of it. I get it now sort of, but like, like, but we are, no generation younger than us will ever understand what the fuck is happening here. Oh, for sure. And, yeah. and we're too young to fully like <laughs> call centers patching. Like what? Yeah. I mean, like, you know, like it, it's, it's sort of a consistent thing through the movie. Like Brian Cox's phone is, has been tapped. Um, you know, there's obviously like, you know, surveillance that's going on because they're, you know, CIA state department or whatever. But like, yeah, like, you know, seeing like a phone bill in you know somebody's glove box so like oh yeah we'll go right. to the phone company <laughs> and they'll obviously be able to trace the call because you know like any regular phone company can do that you know you don't need special equipment that Our, law enforcement has i remember being confused i like have a vivid memory of like thinking hard about this when <laughs> beerco calls the phone company like he's trying to call holiday in and page yeah. someone. Yeah. And, but he calls Sam Jackson at the phone. Com- and I was like, how's that happening? Does it beer code? No, he's talking Jackson. I was like, so good. I was like, what the fuck? Is-? And I thought like, is beer code in on it now? Like, I don't know what's going on. You know? no, I was so confused as a kid. <laughs> but like, also get anyone besides Sam Jackson to answer that phone. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> he's probably heard his voice by now. Right. Come on. He dude has a memorable voice. Yeah. No, man, he was Chet. You can't tell me different. Oh, yeah, Chet. He's, like, one of yeah. seven black dudes in the Lake Erie area at the moment. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I had I had that thought, too. Did I have that thought with this movie? <laughs> I can't remember. No, I remember thinking, like, well, they're, really, they're really easy to pick out of a crowd. Mm. Was that Vince you know, though? Well, and the movie makes makes that clear. I mean, at the beginning, he shows up at the house after the one-eyed Jack thing, and uh, yeah. the cops tell him to put his hands up. Um, oh no, I take it back. That wasn't this. Well, oh, I was just thinking about. I, I was thinking it's Mr. and Mrs. Smith. I was thinking the same yeah. thing. Like, There's Donald a worse Glover's like choice for. Yeah, I'm gonna. It's like it's like if you're looking for them. I remember like in that in that episode, not to get on this, but like in that episode where they after they blow up the house and they're running through the city trying to get away from the cops and stuff. And I'm just like, these are the two worst people. This is like, just look for a black guy who's with an Asian woman. It's like how well, how many yeah. of those are running around together? You know, it's yeah, absurd. So yeah, really well, cool. yeah, like Donald Glover even says, you know, there's there's going to be six black guys in there, and they all know each other. I'm right. going to stand out like well, a sore thumb. You know, <laughs> that you know that wasn't in New York City in general. That was in like this insanely like exclusive silent auction or whatever. I didn't mind that part that he wanted to be the 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 waiter. Uh, the thing mm. it made that made sense. That was like him thinking on his feet. I I kind of I like that. Anyways, let's not talk about that. Let's get back to the movie. Um, the show's good. Okay, so uh, uh, after they kidnap her, mm. uh, we get the Mister Perkins scene when he tells her he tells uh, Birko that he's not an ogre and he gives her the doll. 
which will become important. Because it's mm. one of those kind of dolls. Right. It's a, it's a pissing doll. Uh, the doll pisses. And, um, which, uh, of course, you know, they're going to MacGyver that shit. Uh, yeah. And then, well, uh, what? And, and by the way, we're, we're now in Buffalo. Yes. We're in Niagara <laughs> Falls. I thought we'd never around left. there. We're on the border of Canada. Mm, and there, yeah. there, there's a, there's a, the border is utilized. Yeah. It's one of these, like, it's one of these, like, uh, lodge cabin things where you rent the cabins, but they, this mercenary mm. group has taken it over. And they're just, they've taken the entire place over just to house this girl and have this truck there with, with sense, a bomb. Yeah. yeah. yeah totally. I don't know why, like, they feel like they had to, you know, take this area over. But, anyways, here, here, we're getting close to where I need help, but, um, oh, I, you don't understand the plot? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I can explain the whole plan to you very simply. Let's let us get there. No, I, I think I understand the the plot. <laughs> the, um uh sorry. I um look being locked in the fridge, uh I loved the way that Gina Davis got her and her daughter out. Um I loved the convenience of that explosion going straight up and blasting Samuel Jackson um into through, a tree. Through the sign. Oh, through through the sign into, the a sign into a tree. Yeah, it's cr- and then all uh, off. And then he throws the knife into the guy's neck immediately. Yes. So and, good. And <laughs> somehow Birko survived that explosion. Yes. Um even though he wasn't able to be thrown uh you know, a hundred yards. Well, you don't know but what the, happened to him. They don't show that. <laughs> well, they show they show him being alive. Yeah, yeah, they don't show what happens to him though. They don't show him like No. The um so this this whole scene, like with them being locked up and and um, Gina Davis revealing that Birko Timothy is the father of this girl. Would and, you bring my little bitch in here? <laughs> he's yeah, the that worst, was, dude. Well, what kind he, of lines are these? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's like he didn't believe it at shit. first. Right, he was right, just totally. like, whatever, hmm. you're playing me. Bring the bitch in. Uh, but then looks in the eyes and clearly does believe it. But then is like. Whatever. He's gotta die. Yeah, fuck it. Yeah. Cold blooded, man. He's just well, he's, that evil. He's a villain. Yeah, he he's he's a, hmm. he's a Bond villain too because he literally he's making the exact same mistake again. They've already done this once. They've left her in a position to be able to kill everybody and tried to like <laughs> torture her or let her die some kind of long. Oh my god! Death. Yeah. And now they're gonna do it again and give her things to escape with. <laughs> Why would they give her anything? Why did they make them both strip? You know what I mean? Rather I have a gun like, in my room. You give me five right, exactly. seconds. I'll go. I'll get it. I'll come back. Blam. We'll blow the brains out. Scott, <laughs> you just don't get it, do you? Yeah, you don't. It's, it's classic. But, I mean, it's like, and this is the same year that that movie came out, right? That Austin Powers came out? I think that was 97. Oh, was it? Or 98? It's same difference. I think it was 97. Yeah. Yeah. Feels right. Anyway, power is not set at Christmas. Mm. No, definitely not. Um, but anyways, okay. About the scene. So this is another one of Birko's threats comes up, uh, where he says, I'm going to blind your kid and shoot at her knees, which is really fucked up again. Just like, a weird like fucked is, up threat. <laughs> he's like definitely done this before. I mean, mm. or he's threatened that a lot of times. So that sounds like something you'd think of. Also, like, uh, it's a cool threat to make, you know? How do yeah, you yeah. blind the child like, specifically? 
and then shoot their knees. I don't want to think about how you blind a child. I, I, yeah, I wouldn't want to know. Yeah, I don't know. Razor blades? I don't know. Unshin and the loud? Yeah, uh, I don't know. Anyways. Acid. Yeah, but uh, let's, uh, it's horrible. Okay, but then, he, but then they leave her in there. She's got the doll. It's got kerosene in it, like five gallons of kerosene for some reason. <laughs> you know? Well... Yeah, I mean, I've never had a a, a pee and puke doll, it, but it's got a apparently whole cup. There's a tops. large cavity. Okay, no, it's got to be like a cup tops, right? Anyways, but she's yeah. pouring tons out, and then she does this other thing, which again, this is something I didn't understand as a kid. I I still don't 100 percent understand it. I think I know what she's doing. She pulls this kid's retainer out of her mouth. Um, what eight year old has a retainer? What eight year old has a retainer? Thank you. I wrote that down. That's a, that's one of my notes. Why does she have a retainer? What eight-year-old's gone through the entire braces thing before? Anyways, takes a retainer out of her mouth. Then she pours the, she pisses the the kerosene onto the retainer. I'm imagining to make it go forward. Yeah, but like I, don't, ricochet I, I, don't, forward. I don't feel like the retainer was necessary. I don't either. Because she'd already dug a cavity in the, yeah under the door. So it's like, wouldn't the, the stuff just go in and go that way? And as she's like making the line of kerosene, like she doesn't need the retainer for that. It's like, I I don't think we need the retainer for this one minute or one second, except to just like show that we are being MacGyver. We're using so many, so many tools. Although I do love, I, again, one of those sort of goofy things that it's also, I feel like they shouldn't have called back to it with the candle. Because it would have been even more of a surprise, and you'd be like, "Oh yeah, I remember she gave her matches at the beginning of the movie." Remember, but like mm. she pulls the matches out, and then she's so you know, she's like, "And now I love the line when she says, are we gonna die?'" And she says, "No, no, no, they are.'" And then she <laughs> lights the lights the kerosene. <laughs> that's that's really good. I'm not, I don't mm. I don't mind that at all. Based on that explosion, that was pretty confident of her. Well, to there's say that also we're not die. she also had to remember that outside of that room, which I guess, you know, she's like a special operative. Maybe this is like a thing mm. that she does. She mem- photographic memory. She has to know that there's barrels of kerosene outside of this for some reason. Who, why are there? All I, kerosene? I don't know. I feel like she must've known, even though I have no reason to think that. Right. I mean, she mm. was led in there, so I guess she's just watching everything intently, but, mm. um, yeah. Uh, pretty, she- uh, pretty insane. Mm. Oh, and also Birko with the uh, whenever, <laughs> whenever uh, Davis is explaining, she's trying to like calm her kid down. She's like, "We're gonna take a nap, just like the polar bears." <laughs> and the Birko's like, "Yeah, the bears. Okay, okay." <laughs> he's, just like, he's like, "Had enough." <laughs> uh, I, I thought that was really funny. I laughed for a long time. Okay. Oh man. Okay. <laughs> okay. So then they then the the plan has been revealed, right? He reveals the plan to her. Another classic Bond villain mistake. Mm. They're going to drive this truck, which has this ridiculous, complicated bomb, chemical bomb in it, that yeah. gets to a certain degree temperature and then explodes in the center of town, killing 4,000 people. And Perkins says, we've got to do this for real. That way... I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't I know how to pick. Of course we're going to do it for real. Blame it on the Muslims, of course. Which is like, it's so weird because it's like, if you just wait a couple of years, this happens for you, right? You want the funding? Wait a couple of years. 9-11 is right around the corner. Not that he knows that, but it's like, it's just, it's just such a weird, it's like there aren't other ways to, to, to scare Congress into getting funding. Isn't this like what these people do? 
Like this is what defense yeah, like, the, the defense department does. They scare pe- the Congress into giving them money. Yeah, and, and also the defense so, like, department has been like, extremely successful doing that. Like, I, right? This is not believable. The yeah, CIA okay. has all the resources all the time. Yeah, aren't they? And yeah, aren't they like laundering money or you know like um, you know blackmailing like drug lords and stuff? <laughs> or Kevin. You know, Dealing drugs? You should assume that they yeah. are doing all the things all the time. Uh, it makes no sense to me that the CIA is like, we need more money. Yeah. They're, they're you, doing great. Did you guys hear that? The, I read an article that said this was proven. I'm not. I didn't understand how it was proven, but I bet it's mm, not. But the okay. CIA that the CIA was pumping money into buying Jackson Pollock paintings and Mark Rothko paintings back in like the fifties and sixties in order to like popularize them because they wanted American art to succeed over Soviet art or something like that. And it's, um, it's, it's see, proven. Like, see, this is true. Like the CIA was buying Jackson Pollock paintings. <laughs> that sounds dumber than most things I've heard about the CIA, but <laughs> well, well no, it's plausible because yes, obviously they would have wanted America to succeed over Soviet sure. in, you know, every facet of life, but it also sounds like total bullshit. But it also makes you think like it's which, interesting. Which Soviet artists were like about to t- take over the new yeah. art. Who knows? But I'm just saying, I mean, well, I mean, there's art coming out of the Soviet Union that's very, very good at sure. that time. But, um, yeah, I mean, but, but, but I think that, um, the thing, the thing that's interesting to me about it is that when you look at like, uh, Tim's Vermeer or Exit mm. Through the Gift Shop or any of these films that sort of show how vapid and silly the art world can be, it's like there's just another example, right? It's like Jackson, the, mm. the whole the whole abstract art movement that sort of blew up around that time doesn't even the avant garde thing doesn't even happen without the government secretly funding it, <laughs> like accidentally to make it. You know what I mean? Like it's it's so it's so ridiculous. I am. But, it's not like it's not like I won't believe that. I am. Uh, I just I tend to believe that the insular wealthy art scene is dumb enough on its own okay. without the government mm. itself. I believe I agree. Um, yeah. Whatever. Who it's knows? funny too, like how, you know, I bet like, it's not proven. I mean, I didn't read the entire article to be fair. I should have. Yeah. Um, well, it's, it's funny too, how like it's this dichotomy of like people have like absolutely zero faith in, you know, the government's ability to handle, you know, like, moving a paperclip from one desk to another, but yet, like, oh, no, the government totally faked the moon landing. That's totally a thing they did. You know? Like, you know, uh, bu- like bureaucracy is really confusing, Kevin, so... Yeah. Who, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, sorry. I, I, let's, I agree let's with you. Get, let's get back to the movie. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. We're almost to the, the thrilling end. conclusion. Um, yeah, the, the, uh, the, so the, they, they, they get out... Truck bomb. We've said already that he throws the uh, he throws the knife into the guy's throat after he, so he he's good. And this is uh, where I need help. Okay, go ahead. Hopefully okay, so I was going to say that. Um, so the little girl, God, what does happen? Unless she she's she. How does she get in the truck? I missed that. The little girl climbs into the truck into the toolbox, and yeah. Samuel Jackson sees her doing that yeah. through like a binocular. And I have the note that little girl's a dumb person. 
because she literally heard everything Gina sure. Davis heard. And she doesn't understand. She's eight years old. She doesn't she's understand. Eight, she doesn't process the way yeah, that like, adults she's do. Eight? Like, you don't know the word she, truck? She probably has Mom? an AP. Who knows? <laughs> Maybe. <Yeah. laughs> they didn't give her extra extra time on that explanation. Um, and then uh, I'm, I'm actually confused now, thinking back on it. Where is Gina Davis during this? Well, she's driving the truck. No, but before that, she doesn't get into the truck until later. She she goes and she grabs the guy out and throws him out. So mm. this is where. All right, so I, I get lost. She's in a car at things. first, isn't she? Or something. What does she do? I forget. I get lost. Um, and I God, I need help. Um, You're not the only yeah, one. I d- like she recognizes that the truck is a bomb. Mm-hmm. She knows this. Uh, she's told this, and uh, she makes a quip about it. She's like, uh, you know, that, that makes it clear that she's going to get in the truck. Um, oh, oh, real quick. The, she, tell, she tells Cathead, uh, find a place to hide. I remember her saying that. Find somewhere to hide. Caitlin? Caitlin, yeah. She's called that's Cathead? Me. That's what Sam They Jackson call her Cathead. Oh, uh, okay. Sam Jackson says, what's your daughter's name again? Cathead? <laughs> Is that where the name of that vodka comes from? I don't know. That was my favorite line when I was a kid. When she when he says "cathead," I was like, "That's just such a ridiculous thing." Oh, and I love also when he's singing the "I'm not talking about the linen." <laughs> she has to correct him. Sorry. Anyways, she tells him. She tells the little girl she says, "Find somewhere to hide," and the little girl decides to hide in the bomb truck because she's dumb. Yeah. I don't know where she goes during um, that part though. Maybe she's like just running around murdering how guys. How does? I, I legitimately felt confused, and and I watched this last night. Uh, I did not consume alcohol last night. It was not late. What are you confused about? How does Samuel Jackson end up in a car that's inside of another truck? He was okay. I know that. This He's is lying on the snow, and he looks up and he sees the car. This is one of my favorite moments in the film, actually. Well, then I missed. It. <laughs> it's actually my second favorite, most favorite moment in the film. And then the, my most favorite moment is coming up after it. So mm. when he when he goes, to, he's radioing her, and he tells her, sh- and she's scoping everything through the okay. rifle, and he tells, and he's like down on the ground, and he's like, and he's goes back into the building, and he's telling her, he says, uh, he says, you know, Caitlin's in the truck. She climbed into the toolbox on the right side, driver's side, whatever. And then, uh, and he's he's like, uh, I'm gonna go get her. And then she says, No, I count a dozen with automatic weapons. And she and he goes, kill him for me, bitch. What you good for? And then remember this, and, okay? And then he says uh, to himself, he says, just do one thing right. And I was like, that it literally almost made me well up when he said it. I was like, that's I got a little I got a little choked. And then and then that moment when he turns that corner with the gun, and you could tell he has no idea what he's doing, you know, because he's holding the gun just like down at his hip, you know. And he's running, and then she's calling out like, "On your nine, on your six, on your five. And he's shooting him, and she's she's shooting him. Gary's had enough, and she she's shooting him. That's like literally, I that's my favorite action scene in the whole movie. And then when he gets shot in the ankle and everything, and he shoots the guy, and then he lands on that truck against that truck that has the car mm. in it, and he like is falling down okay. bleeding. And then you don't know that he's in the car. That's the reveal. That's so good. When he comes up out of the car and the down, 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 down. Okay. Well, I guess you can't, you can't kill me, motherfuckers. That's my right. favorite moment. <laughs> when he said yeah. you can't kill me, I was like, I mean, he has been injured a lot. You can't kill him though. You can't. 
Okay, so this makes me feel better. I was not supposed to know he was in there. No. Um, but okay, I was I was confused, and uh, all right, you made a little bit more sense of it for me. Um. Oh, I I also like that she's uh, bruised and battered by the end of this. Like she's been through it, and like you can see if you have the the film pulled up on Letterboxd, this image that's in the banner. Uh, the header, which with her and Sam Jackson in the car, she looks stunning uh, as Charlie Baltimore with the the short blonde hair. But by the end of the film, she looks like shit. You know, she's been really yeah. beat up and worked over. And I like that that she was you know fine with looking like shit at the end of the movie because she's been mm-hmm. through it. You know. Um. So, anyways, they go. Yeah, they go. Uh, she somehow commandeers a truck. I don't even remember how that happens. She's driving through the middle of town. She finds out the brakes are cut. Not fair, not fucking fair. And then she's the the classic uh, the, the the line that GI Jane recycled the year after this, suck my <laughs> dick, uh, every last one of you. And then she, for some reason, plows through a, a wall. I thought that was uh, ballsy with your daughter in the yeah. box. It is a little weird because it yeah, yeah. it's like suck my dick sounds like I'm ready to die, but it's like yeah, but your kid's in the toolbox, so maybe take it easy, <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, she fights uh, Birko, knife fight, classic Under Siege style. Not nearly as good as Under Siege, but she uh, fights no. Birko. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Birko, yeah. and there's a, there's another one of those little quips there, only four inches. Mm. Make another dick joke. But you'll feel it. You'll feel me. <laughs> and then uh, you think Birko's dead because he falls in. Did you think Birko was dead when he fell in the water? Uh, I did not. No? Although... I was not impressed with how he's he is eventually dispatched. It was a very uh, CG moment when he fell in the water. Then there's another really bad CG moment that I'll get to in a minute. But, um, so yeah, what happens? Let's see. They shoot. There, there. The he she he she finishes him off. She climbs out of the sewer because they somehow got into the sewer. It's construction yeah. everywhere. Who knows? She's yeah. back on the bridge now somehow. Uh, border border bridge, right? We're at the border? Yes, is the that you guys... bridge is the border. Like, you yeah, have to go okay. across the bridge to get into Canada. They don't want her to get into Canada because they want the thing to go off on American soil. Uh, the thing's about to go off. It's minutes away. And then she just like, I can't do it anymore. And she lays down and dies and tells her kid, run. And her yeah. kid runs, but turns around yeah. and mm. can't do it and comes back. And again, power of love. Again, I got a little emotional. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I think it's just because I have a kid now, because I've never got emotional with that before. But I have a daughter now, obviously, and I'm just like, mm. you know, you're thinking about your, you know, your connection you're with your child, praying <sighs> that your child is smarter than this eight year old. I would hope my kid would would come back to me, actually, Jr., and comfort me in my dying moments, uh, and die with me. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> Down with the ship. But then there's that other moment where she, I think the little girl is quite good actually in this moment where she's mm. telling her to wake up and you know. But then I don't like the callback to the the earlier line on the ice skating where she says uh, life is pain. <laughs> you just, you oh just, God, I hated that scene. So that much. was it's like too much for an eight year old. I agree. yeah. Um, it's a weird thing to say to a kid, and it's a weird thing for the kid to repeat. Mm. Um, Actually, it makes more sense as a kid repeats it, though, I think. Yeah, I don't sure. know that she would uh, understand like the depth of no. the line. My kid repeats many things to me. Mm. Um, sure. When I dropped a, uh, a can of coconut milk onto my head this morning, 
<laughs> I could repeat the bad word I said. Oh right, she doesn't understand oh. it, but uh, but I was in pain, so it's okay. how, how old is your daughter now? She's three. Okay, hmm. my 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 kid never repeats bad words. It's amazing. Huh. My kid oh. really likes to, and uh, we do a pretty <laughs> good job of not saying a ton of them. But like every once in a while, like something will happen, and she'll just start saying like, "What the fuck? What the fuck?" <laughs> and it's like, when, I was like, "When's the last time I said what the uh, fuck in front of you? Like two weeks ago? Like what's going on right now?" It's just like a, a delayed, a delayed repeating that is uh, troubling for us. Yeah, oh. yeah. The, word. the boy, the boys cuss all the time now. Um, well, at least, boys. At least, well, at least it's only around it's only around us, and uh, it's around like you know family members. Like um, they cuss in front of mother in law, which I don't I don't care. I don't like her anyway. So um, <laughs> you're like cuss yeah, like yeah. curse more. Well, yeah, um, but no, they'll be like, "Fuck this fucking game!" <laughs> oh my god! Well, yeah, you know if they're if they're playing I mean, online. Well, yeah. I try to be. I'm pretty lax with things like. I mean, I, not with my kid. She doesn't curse, but I mean, I don't. I wouldn't. Mm-hmm. I never get mad at her. She has cursed a couple of times, just like not like when I say like maybe I said like a new curse where she hadn't heard before and she said it, mm-hmm. and I, you know I just like tell her like, okay, you know you can't say that. You know, it's not it's not an adult word. It's not a kid's word. But yeah. um, my kids at school curse all the time, and I oh yeah, I tell them not well, to, but I never discipline them for it. Your kids at school are adults. I mean, but I'm still technically I'm supposed to write them up every time they curse, and I never do. Like I just don't even care. Like whatever, you know. Everybody curses. I, um, cares. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a a huge issue in like my eighth grade classes as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, kids are so comfortable these days. Totally. Anyway. The uh, the end of the film when Sam Jackson <laughs> saves the day by driving his car out of the trailer truck with the dead terrorist in it and saves Sam and the great line, you can't kill me, motherfuckers. Yeah. Uh, a great, it's true. great. And yeah. it's, a, it's just yeah. a great moment. And um, then he's driving, they're driving away from the explosion, and then the cars start raining on them, like the exploded cars. And I love the little girl, don't hit the cars. <laughs> <laughs> and then the way Jackson looks at her, like, like what the? Fuck? Oh, it's so good. That's a great moment. Uh, but that CGI moment I was talking about, um, I'm just realizing we've been talking about this movie for over an hour. Um, the there's a CG guy jumping out of the way when he drives out of the out of the tractor trailer. Oh like wow! Yeah, he goes, and it's like really bad looking, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the movie is essentially over. I love the way this wraps up, personally. So, die screaming so, motherfucker. No, not that. I I don't <laughs> like the death of the villain. Um, as uh, I, uh, I don't I don't love that. Um, I just, I, I just thought it was lame. Like, like she, she, yeah, climbs the the light, the Christmas light rope, and like whatever. That's cool. But then like Timothy just cool. dies getting shot out of a helicopter. I was like, that's just lame to me. Yeah, it mm. feels like she just she's had guns this entire movie, and she hadn't been able to shot, shoot him yet. But now it's the end of the movie, so she's able to shoot him, blasting a yeah randomly at a helicopter. And he's got a gun too that's much more powerful and accurate than the guns he uses. But she, he can't yes. hit her at all. I mean, he hits her once, I guess. But oh um, man, uh, sorry. So I like the way this wraps up. I love the Larry King thing at the end. 
It was really funny. When Sam Jackson's on Larry King, it's it's so good. His little joke that yeah. he makes that doesn't land at all, like, and he's just cracking up at it. That's the best, dude. I was like, that just seals it. Sam Jackson is the best. Yes. I was honestly surprised that, um, not that, not that Gina Davis goes back to being Samantha Crane with her daughter, Kane. but that Gina Davis, Kane, sorry. Um, goes, but that she goes back to like to that boyfriend, that fiance. It was like, yeah, it's just he still like one hundred percent disappeared. Yeah, I just did not realize he was in the picture. He's been taking care of her daughter the entire time. I, you know, sure. I mean, to a point, like still except for when he ha- except for when he let her get kidnapped. But you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. He couldn't have assumed they were going to kidnap the kid. I mean. It's not like she's telling him, hey, by the way, I'm a spy, and uh, they're no. probably coming for my kid at some point because everybody wants to kill me. Yeah, it is mm. It is rough that you like you show us that there are cell phones, but no, mm-hmm. one, no one's going to use them. Right, nobody uses <laughs> them. And, and also, there are still pay phones, too. You can, call the, you can fucking call the guy, give him a, a heads up. Yeah. I, um, I have just like random notes that didn't come up. But um, I think the score is decent at points. It's really bad at other points. But mm. Silvestri did the score, and I think Silvestri is underrated as fuck as a composer. And um, this uh, has several good blood squibs in it. And Harlan does use a lot of blood squibs, and usually pretty pretty good. Um, I also felt like this was sort of like it sort of plays like a comic book, like. Mm. I could totally see this being a comic book if it weren't a film. Just like you can almost see the panels, how they would work, and like even the dialogue feels very comic booky. You'd have to lose, you know, forty percent of it, but it's just very—I don't know—it just felt very comic booky. Not a, not a superhero comic, but like a crime, you know, like an Im, like not an image, yeah. uh, like a uh, what's that? What's the other? What's the what's the uh, Vertigo? No, the one that makes uh, hundred hundred bullets. That is Vertigo. Oh, oh was Vertigo? No, ID. Yeah. No, IDW. IDW. Well, Vertigo like, oh, yeah, made yeah, hundred yeah. bullets. Vertigo okay. or IDW, one of those mm. two publishers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Guillermo Navarro lensed this thing. Noticed that, yeah. yeah which was which is weird. Uh, he's in Yuritu's guy, right, from the early days. Yeah, he's the uh, Amoris Peros and right. uh, mm. Twenty One Grams guy. And I would say this. Apple. Looks, it has nothing in common with those films, uh, cinematographically. But direction matters. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting that he shot it. Uh, And uh, there's the, of course, the the long goodbye, the scene from the Altman film, the long goodbye, when uh, they're Mm. in the hotel at the beginning. And I remember watching the long goodbye also as a teenager, and then making the connection that that movie. Oh, that's the this is the scene that's at the very beginning of the movie, you know. And I was like, oh, that's the scene from uh, the Long Kiss Goodnight, you know. (laughs) The Long Goodbye is a great film. So, um, yeah. Can I can I shout out Brian Cox's best moment, which I did Mm -hmm. not mention when I was complaining about him getting groped underwater? Nope, (laughs) no. Uh, When he pulls up Sam Jackson's notebook. Oh, the and uh, the picture, <laughs> the dick. Hundred uh, percent thought it was a dick, and when Sam Jackson said it was a duck, I thought that was so good. And just like that would not work without like some artist actually drawing that. Yeah. Um, but 
the the image worked perfectly. Like it absolutely was both a duck and a dick. I like that, that he. I like that he looks at it again too. <laughs> he like, <laughs> like he throws it away. <laughs> uh, um, who is better looking, Samantha Kane or Charlie Baltimore? Uh, I mean, I, I have a definitive. I definitely prefer the longer, you know, darker hair. Kevin. I don't know. Like I'm a sh- I'm a short haired fan, but uh, I'm not crazy about the blonde though. So mm. right. I am one thousand percent in Baltimore's camp. Uh, <laughs> I mean, just sexier in every conceivable way, and it's not fair because Samantha Kane is you know dressing frumpy, obviously because she's a housewife, yeah. um, and yeah. Charlie is dressing sexually. driving without shoes. Chill yeah. out, Samantha. That is a little weird. I I got the impression that she got launched out of her shoes. Don't, mm. we, see her, don't we see her like press the brakes without shoes on? I thought do we, we? Maybe we do. Maybe maybe. Um. Yeah. So that's that's all my notes. Sorry. Okay. Uh, oh, what, I did. What, oh, sorry. My 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 last thing that I want to say. You know. <laughs> <laughs> you got a full clip. Just point and spray. Right. And then the grenade rolls down the hall. Run for your life! <laughs> Fuck it. Run for your life. <laughs> that's a great, great, I love great moment. Um, that's, all, that's another good... Uh, we were talking earlier about um, how Sam Jackson is useless. But it's like the dichotomy t- switches, right? Like at first he's in charge. Mm. Like it's the one she's looking to yeah. understand yeah, yeah. everything. And then suddenly he becomes useless because she finds out that she actually knows everything she needs to know already. Mm. What uh, are you giving this thing out of five? I'm going three and a half. I am going uh, three and a half. I too am a three and a half. And I believe that's the same score I gave it the last time I watched it. Um, huh. Yeah. Wow. It's, like, it's a perfect three and a half. It's very entertaining and uh, perfect. You know, not it's not a great movie, but it's very watchable. It's a perfectly mm. imperfect movie, right? Um, and uh, sorry, a long time ago while we were talking, I was like, not every Shane Black is set at Christmas. Like, there's no way Iron Man three was set at Christmas. It and definitely was. Hundred percent. Yeah, definitely was. One hundred percent. The nice guys. I don't. Maybe not. Is the nice guys. I, I, I think I, it I, might actually. I bet it is. I don't know. It might have been less obviously know. around Christmas, but I think it was around Christmas. Watching the trailer on mute right now. Hang on. Is <laughs> it a movie since then? Uh, directed a movie since then? I don't believe so. But he's uh, done some stuff. Did, oh, yeah. He directed. Didn't he direct The Predator? Yeah, The Predator. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I. Mixed bag. Uh, it features Christmas. The ending hmm. is set on Christmas Eve of the Nice Guys. He also did a TV movie called Edge uh, back in 2015. It's a looks like it's a western. I've never heard of this, but hmm. uh, that's weird. I don't know. Um, anyway, yeah, I don't. I don't. Him as a director, I don't have an opinion about. It. I've only seen Iron Man three. Or, no, I saw the Nice Guys. I didn't like the Nice Guys. I really See, didn't uh, like Iron Man three. I've never seen Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. I've okay. heard good things about it. Um, Kiss Kiss. If you like Shane Black, then Kiss Kiss Bang. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is like that's as Shane Black as it gets. Yeah, I mean, it's, I like uh, my, on Christmas. I like Leave the Weapon. I love the Last Boy Scout. 
I mean, I can't say the last Boy Scout is tops for me as far as Shane Black is concerned. I like Last Action Hero a lot. I like this movie. Mm. So I just think he's a good uh, writer, and I like him uh, in Predator. He's in Predator as one of the mercenaries. He's interesting. Like um, you know, just looking on his Wikipedia filmography, um, it's like nine years between The Long Kiss Goodnight and Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, Mm. uh, with Nothing else for writing credited or on. Oh wow! This just yeah, this has like a writer, director, producer, and nothing right. in between those. That's crazy. And uh, it does his Wikipedia filmography does list whether it has a Christmas setting or not, hmm. which is incredible. The Predator does not. Oh, uh, the Monster Squad, hmm. Lethal Weapon Two, and the Last Boy Scout do not. Oh right, the last Boy Scout doesn't. Right, exactly. There you go. I did as well that. I, <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't have told you. I like. You guys had me Christmas pilled. I was just like, it must be. It must be Christmas. Who knows? <laughs> last Boy Scout's so good. Okay. Um. Let's uh do Letterbox Roulette. I was about to totally skip that. Um. Mm. Sorry. So let me get a. You don't. You don't have to say that. What, you would have never known I, that I was about to skip it. <laughs> How do I fucking... Oh, my God. <laughs> you okay? I'm trying to get a fucking dice thing going on here. There we go. Okay, here we go. You ready? So <laughs> it's... Uh, the actors are Gina Davis, Samuel L. Jackson. Are we using Yvonne Zima, who played the child? I guess we could. She's been in a lot of Shane Black's other stuff. She was in Heat. Yeah. Uh, okay, we can use her. Yvonne Zima, Greg, Craig Bierko, or Timothy... Um, and then I think we should probably go Brian Cox and David Morse, eh? As sure. the last two. I think so. Okay. Yeah. Um, so let's random dice this motherfucker. And it is David Morse. Right. Classic. <laughs> right. Disturby, <laughs> here we come. This is going to be an interesting one. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know who's got this one. I'll be I've honest. I've never seen The Negotiator. I'm not going to lie. I don't think you've seen. Have you seen the remake of The Getaway? Uh oh! No. Uh oh! I think I might have it here, bud. You guys hearing my dogs? Holy shit. Yeah. Oh wow. Oh. Yeah. I think. All I right. I have seven, so I think I've lost. Yeah, I've got a. Uh, I got thirteen. I, I do not think I've won. I have nineteen. I <laughs> fucked you guys up on this one, bud. How oh, have yeah. you not seen Escape at Danamora? <laughs> That's not a movie. God. It's on here. And Proof of Life and The Indian Runner and The Getaway. I have never seen Proof of Life. I have seen The Indian Runner, oh, right? Well. Desperate right. Hours. I don't know. Have you? It's Sean Penn's oh, first I don't movie. know. Who knows? Uh, maybe you have not. not seen it. Oh, no. He hasn't seen it. <laughs> I've seen The Fast Runner, which is probably better. But... You watched The Crossing Guard because I forced you to watch it as a deep dive. Uh, have you seen Hearts of Atlantis? I have not. <laughs> I've yet to meet an adult that's ever seen that movie. Right. Yeah, um seen it. Um anyway, uh the movie that the good son. Jesus you Christ. guys are gonna this watch. <laughs> I'm taking a break. Uh mm. the movie is number ten fifty three. Please be good. Please Are be we in good. the bad zone? That's probably the bad uh, zone. Uh we are not in the bad zone at all. Um and the movie you're watching is a movie called India Matri Bumi. 
Oh, the, uh, the Rosalini, Rosalini Yeah, Rosalini documentary. Or a, uh, it's a film with documentary footage. I don't know. Is this okay? It's 90 minutes. Uh, okay. It's a good me. I mean, it's... Kevin, how many Rosalini movies have you seen? Uh, One. Then you're legally required to watch this, so it's fine. Flowers of St. Francis? What have you seen? Germany Year Zero? Have I seen Rome? Hey, Rome. I've only seen Flowers of St. Francis. You didn't see like Rome, Open City, or never yeah. seen that. Never seen Paisan, Stromboli, Perita. No, I've heard of all these films. Have not seen them. I remember liking Flowers. Of St. Francis. I watched it when I was like twenty-two. It's been a long time. Well, this time. is hilarious. Instead of watching a, a Rossellini movie that matters, we should watch this Rossellini India documentary. Hey, look, I'll re-roll, dude. You want to go again? <laughs> Oh, I, I did see the Flowers of St. Francis, but I have I have no memory of watching this. Let me re, I'll re-roll. Let's I don't see. need a re-roll. No, you don't. You don't want this movie. I don't. But Kevin, I'm, I'm should see movies. Does Kevin need it? Does he need to see this movie? Uh, there are about seven Rossellini movies Kevin should see before this. Okay, so let's do something else then. Okay, I, the okay. second roll is deep in the animation, so this is going to be Kevin's wheelhouse. Oh, here we go. Seen it? He has, and he didn't like it much. Now let's do another one. I'll I'll, I'll roll again. It's it's, uh, "Whisper of the Heart." Oh yeah, yeah. We'll do a different one. Yeah. Okay. This is really fun. (laughs) (laughs) This is the last one. Whatever this is, you're watching it. Okay. Okay. All right. Four hour. Oh, for fuck's sake! John Eustache movie. All right. Let's see. One, two, three. Twenty-nine. Okay, what's the number again? Jesus. 2851. Uh, the movie is... Okay, this is going to be a bad one. But deal with Love it. it. It'll probably be short. It's really short. It's called I Married a Monster from Outer Space. It's 78 minutes. Fuck yeah. It's directed by Gene Fowler Jr. Has no one in it you've ever heard of. And uh, neither one of you have seen it. So it's perfect. Okay. It's on, it's on Canopy, apparently. Great. Nice. Yeah, it's on Canopy and Hoopla. Shuddery things from beyond the stars. Here to breed with human women. Oh, my God. Oh, it's going to be a mess. All right. It's so, Honestly, it's probably not even that bad. Oh, that sounds great. I'm, I'm happy. Yeah, this is good. Okay, so I married a okay. monster from outer space, what you guys are watching next time. Let's get into other stuff we watched. So let's talk about Seventh Heaven. This was our homework from last week. JR and I had to watch this after Kevin won the Letterbox Roulette. And this is from 1927. It's a silent film from Frank Borzage, uh, who has directed a lot of movies, and I have not heard of any of them. No. Uh, including this one. A Farewell to Arms, maybe? I guess it was because it's a Hemingway thing, right? Yeah. I, I mean, he has stuff that that, that I love, like uh, The Mortal Storm, which is like an early uh, Jimmy Stewart movie. Uh, absolutely adore. He he did some important silence. He did some some great like classic Hollywood stuff. Um, I like him. I may have heard of Desire also. This Dietrich Cooper thing. I don't know. But anyways, I, none of these are none of these are ringing a, a big bell with me. Uh, maybe Moonrise sounds familiar. I don't know. Anyways, we watched oh. Heaven. <laughs> um. No, okay. I was thinking like, <laughs> is that the one that we fucking watched the deep dive? No, that no. was a. 
That was, a that was the swashbuck- a swashbuckling adventure about pirates. Yeah. Right? I might, have, remember. I might have missold it. Who knows? <laughs> Anyways, uh, we watched Seventh Moon Heaven, Fleet. which is Moonfleet. Yeah, Moonfleet. Yeah. 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 yeah, which is uh, Seventh Heaven is a film about a dejected Parisian sewer worker who feels his prayers have been answered, which that's misleading. When he uh, he falls in love with a street wave because this man is a very proud and avowed atheist. He says it several times throughout yeah. the film. He got a chance, the bon dieu. And he says, uh, it's just not working for me. You know, the, the, the guy doesn't, uh, doesn't work. doesn't work when you pray. And uh, so this... Uh, Which fair, by the way. Yeah, totally, totally fair. Um, but of course, I think the message of this film is that, uh, you know, he was wrong, right? Uh, yeah, and uh, the way that we get there is annoying, I think like, uh, you know, we have this whole drama with this, this girl and she's got her own drama with her, her sister and her family at first. And, uh, but then we also like, like this is a two hour movie and like the last 30 minutes are like, all of a sudden we're off to war. Yes. It becomes and, uh, a war film, a full, full blown war film. And yeah. has like some really cool, like early silent war sequences. Mm-hmm. But, like within the context of the movie, you're like, what? How did we get here? <laughs> <laughs> like our, our comedic relief guy who's old is also somehow at war. Like what the fuck is going on? Um, who, who are we, the taxi cab guy or the guy? Yeah, the, uh, I wish I could remember is if he's like Chico or he's not Chico. No, Chico's um, um, I don't know. He's a taxi. The, guy, the, yeah. The, the, yes. The big guy, the rotund guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, he's not in the war though. He's just there when the battle happens, right? He, yeah, they he take his taxi he, away. Right. Like, <laughs> I guess I just have an issue with him being there. At right. <laughs> well, that battle well, scene there. in Paris where they commandeer all the taxis and they have like the miniature, the miniature work is cool. Like the taxi line yeah. going around the city. It almost, it actually fooled me the first, the first shot of it. I was like, well, that's a lot of fucking cars that they got. All <laughs> but then I realized, oh, that's probably miniatures. And then we cut back to it. I was like, oh, it's definitely miniatures. Yeah. But it looked really good. It looked really cool. There were, I mean, they didn't fudge like the people. There were a lot of extras. Yeah. There were, um, this is a movie that for the most part looks like a traditional silent movie, but occasionally also has, uh, like tracking shots where yeah. like the oh, camera's yeah. moving backwards in front of a character moving and like or it looks the, good. It's cool. The, the amazing, obviously the amazing apartment shot yeah. going up the stairs, which was like, I was like sort of blown away because I was like, what is happening all of a sudden? Like it's been a pretty yeah. normal movie until now. And this shot is like really out there, but it's cool. Well, um, and it's always like the thing with these, these shots that move, like they do not look like the rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that makes them, them weird to me. Like the, the first time uh, we have that, that sort of tracking shot that is in front of Janet Gaynor running through Paris. It's like, yeah, that looks, looks cool nothing. Too, it looks great, but yeah, it's yeah. nothing like the previous 10 minutes or the That's next fair. 10 minutes. I think it's also, I think it comes from the way they're staged though. Right. It's like when, when you have a shot between her and her sister in the apartment, it's very like stage play. It's very like they don't, they're not doing shot reverse shot. They're not cutting at all. You're just seeing shit. Yeah. And it's like once we're, and now suddenly we're like, 
we're in like a almost like a god's eye view from like the top of a truck or something. How they're shooting this, you know? And she's running, and there's like black around the edges. It just looks, yeah, it's like looks totally bizarre. Well, it's like it's, not staged at all. It's it's also like, you know, the director or cinematographer, or someone has had like a cool idea for something that we can do, and they're not like applying that to to every scene in the movie. They're like, this works for this scene. It, you know, it's like we're we're inventing or using like new editing and, and filming techniques on the fly. Sure. Uh, this is certainly not uh, modern looking at all. Uh, this is technically a sound movie. Uh, Cause a lot of the sound effects in the war are, are synchronized sound. Uh, are they? Although that was added. It was like originally released as a silent. And then a few months later re-released okay. with synchronized sound. Cause also I feel like, and tell me if I'm wrong, I felt like some of the war stuff was like stock footage. Am I wrong about that? You're probably not wrong about it. I, I like don't some know. of the stuff where you have like lots and lots of soldiers, you know, I felt like, I, like that's probably like just, I mean, it's probably, I mean, it just happened, right? It's like a 10 year old war. So like you have to clearly have footage. Uh, yeah. You know? <laughs> it's a trivia question for me last week. The war ended in 1918. Yeah. Yeah. Nine, nine, nine years old. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I didn't see anything about there being stock footage, but that would not surprise me at all. Um, I like the two leads in this, although they're, I mean, with silent cinema, the sort of acting style that you usually get is very, is very sort of over the top, very dramatic, uh, very demonstrative you know and that's what these people are doing but i did find janet gainer adorable and i did find charles farrell very likable uh maybe until he goes to war like the scenes in war are really weird uh yeah. with him uh but before prior to that when he's just like sort of an asshole at the beginning i yeah, like this character a lot i liked that he was not likable um, yeah. I liked Janet Gaynor and Janet Gaynor. I mean, like Janet Gaynor is someone who made the transition to sound and, uh, I believe she won an Academy award for the first version of a star is born. Oh, wow. Uh, might've made that up. She's definitely in that one. Yes. Yeah, and she was in sunrise that came out the same year. Uh, like she's a big deal. She's good. I like her a lot. The, um, I, she didn't, she did not win. She was nominated. Okay. They won Best Picture, though. Uh, the there are moments that are bad, and, and like I like the beginning of the movie, but I also have like these weird bad moments in the beginning of the movie, so so I keep referencing it. But the like when she is with her sister, and their uncle comes back, and he's like talking to them, like, "Have you been good girls? So I could take you in." He doesn't speak uh, audibly, but I'm making up a voice for him. It's like, I don't want you if you're not innocent good girls anymore. What's and, your problem uh, with that? No, my my, pro- my problem is uh, Janet Gaynor's sister, who is like giving her the eyes like we lie. But yeah. instead of relying on those eyes, she's also literally twisting her sister's sure. arm sure. behind her back. And it's like, like uh, the eyes were enough. Come on. <laughs> we don't I- need... 
all of this. It's a good callback, though. Speaking, I mean, this whole episode is about callbacks. It's a good callback at the <laughs> end when she stands up to her sister and then she grabs her arm and starts twisting it as she's beating her with the whip and everything. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I I I, uh, I actually this movie also like zigged when I thought it was going to zag a lot like um like in that scene the minute the priest comes and tells the 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 bad sister that the uncle and aunt want to take them in and that they're rich I was like oh no she's totally going to like tell the aunt and uncle that her sister is dead or something and like leave yeah. her but that doesn't happen. I was like, wouldn't why would <laughs> she that, do that? Like, why would you want to bring her sister with her? She hates her. I don't, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't understand how that would benefit her even though she hates her sister, but yeah. Uh, and, and I, you know, I can't relate to Janet Gaynor, uh, not taking the easy out there. I, she should just lied. Sure. Well, she's a good girl though. She's pure. This yeah. movie's about, I mean, that's and what this gains, movie's about. Uh, nothing right? from it. Yeah. This movie's about being pure of heart. And it's also about like people who are on the bottom rung of society but who are really good people. Right? And how those people can't actually get ahead, but if they find God, they'll be exactly. poor. God will, will put them ahead because um, solves all the problems. The ending of this movie is like, it's such like a bullshit Jane Eyre movie <laughs> like, like type deal. Like I was so like impressed. The, I was so impressed when he was dead. And I was like, this is a good ending because it's like, she doesn't like sort of get the the happy ending that she wants, but she's learned a lot maybe. And there's like, you know, they could wrap this up in a satisfying way and then they bring him back. And it's just so bizarre because when he goes injured, he got, I don't mean they don't talk about how he got injured. You know, you just shrapnel or whatever, but yeah. he's blind for some reason at the end. He's they don't explain why. And then it's like this trite sort of, I'm blind, so now I can see. No, it's, it's, yeah, it's, <laughs> like, it's a whole just like bullshit irony thing. And yeah. it's uh, I, I, it's my least favorite part of the movie. And I, again, like when I say like Jane Eyre, like I think the ending of Jane Eyre is bullshit. Like the guy does not relinquish power to give Jane more power. It, he just like becomes crippled and that makes Jane feel more powerful. I mm. fucking, I fucking hate that. Interesting. Bullshit. And, uh, and this is like the same deal. And this is not necessarily like the, the dynamic here is different. We're like, Jenna Gaynor's not looking for power. It's more like this guy has not like found God. This guy is just blind now. So he's fucked. They also, they <laughs> also needs un- to have God. They also undercut the, it though. Also, with the last line where he, he and he infers that he won't be blind forever. It's like maybe for now, or something. So something, something like maybe for now, but it's I won't. Soon. I won't need God forever. Yeah, right. It's like it's just, it's very strange. Um, oh, and I also thought when she was beating her sister up at the end, when she was standing up to her and beating her up. This is another point where I thought it was going to do something and it didn't. I thought for sure her sister was going out the window. I was like, she's going <laughs> to hit her and accidentally push her out the window. And then it's going to become like a trial film, you know, where she's like on trial for her sister's murder. And nobody knows. She's just defending herself. You know, this, this budget had already, had already ballooned so big. They, yeah. couldn't, they couldn't afford sending her out the window. Oh, also, like, there's no way to prove that they're married. Like, I like that the cops just the cops let her go because she's married. 
Like, well, we're going to check and make sure you're married by ch- by coming into your home, and if we see her there, it means you're married. <laughs> like, yeah, so silly. Uh, um, like you know, I mean, the guy lives in the fucking sewer. Whatever, you know, what kind of paperwork does he have? <laughs> he also has Gaston boots. Like he's got the exact same boots as Gaston in the Beauty and the Beast movie. Mm, um, yeah. I guess they're just like yeah. typical French boots. I don't know. And uh, they're looking uh, the 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 rat guy that he works with in the sewer. Mm-hmm. Looking up skirts at the beginning, trying to see up the girl's skirts. Yeah, that was aggressive. Pretty, pretty risque uh, for the time, I think. And yeah. uh, this is also way like trying to be funnier than I thought it was going to be. Like it's got a lot of comedic moments in it. And I thought it's like this is like a proto romantic comedy, eh? Like this is like a so this is like um yeah this so this is a thing that that I'm so glad went away. Where it's like uh, this is a, it's like a commercial movie. It's like we're trying to make a lot of money and like we are trying to to bring in. They didn't have these these words like we're trying to bring in the four quadrant audience to this movie. Mm-hmm. So it's like so many of these these expensive for the time silent movies are like they're trying to be tragedies. They're trying to be war movies. They're trying trying mm-hmm. to be comedies. They're just trying to be everything to get everyone in, and uh, and it's too much. I had that thought too that it's like that the the reason it switches to a war movie is purely commercial. It's like we got to inject action into this thing so people don't fall asleep, you know. And this was uh this was this was in the nominated for the first Academy Award for Best Picture, oh, which wow. at the time was um I mean they, they had uh Best Picture and then like Best Artistic Achievement, like Sunrise, uh, that also had Janet Gaynor, the the Fritz Long movie. Mm. Won a uh, like won that Academy Award for Best Artistic Achievement, and uh, Wings beat uh, Seventh Heaven for Best Picture, which is basically a, a commercial award. This was a uh, interesting. This was meant to be like a populist, popular movie. Right, hmm. I could see that. Um, and as such, I didn't love it, uh, and gave it a three. I think it has yeah. pacing issues also, but anyways. it's yeah, yeah, it, it does, and this is. Does not earn its two hours, uh, and I gave it a three and a half, and have sounded even more negative than you. So who knows? Where <laughs> I'm I only talked about the notes I took were all sort of positive notes, but um, but yeah, I did. I had, I had a lot of issues with the how long certain scenes dragged on and did not need to at all. Um, so anyway, uh, Kevin, what did you watch? Well, I'll. I'll go ahead and tell you guys, I didn't watch a lot of movies this go around. Uh, in fact, the only one that I watched was Return of the King, the Rankin Bass animated one. So, so I was scrolling through TikTok a while back and it showed like the last, like, I don't know, three minutes of this movie. And I was like, oh, wow, that's like really like with the music and stuff, I thought it was really affecting. So I was like, oh, I, sh- I should make an effort to see this. And unfortunately, I could have just stayed with this one clip from TikTok because the rest mm. of it is a jumbled <laughs> mash of like them throwing a lot of stuff in and making a lot of stuff up. And it's really not very good. It's <laughs> too bad. Yeah, they, they rely way too heavily on... Um, like sort of like the sort of this ballad type stuff that's going throughout the movie. And it's just, uh, it's, it's not good. Mm. Um, 
But yeah. Um, is this like a, a series falls apart here kind of deal? Because you had liked it before that, yes? No, this is the first time I'm seeing the animated Return of the King. So, well, so you had... I, I I misspoke. You had liked oh. the previous... I like the Hobbit. The entrance? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I like the Hobbit, and um, I I was going to watch uh, Bakshi's Lord of the Rings again a while back, but I don't know. I started and it, I started it, and I was like, eh, this really, I'm not feeling this, so I turned it off. Um, but yeah, um, I don't know. I like the Peter Jackson movies. Um, the Hobbit movies are less good, but they're not total trash. Um. So yeah, I just figured it was time to give this give this a shot, but um yeah, it's it's like I said, you know the the best two minutes of it are on TikTok, so just look <laughs> that up. <laughs> okay, yeah. all right. Um, I also didn't watch much of anything. I was watching uh, um, Masters of the Air and powering through the the god awful season of True Detective that just ended. And uh, but I did manage to squeeze in Mad Max Two again because I love Mad Max Two, and I just watched Fury Road or rewatched Fury Road, and it went way up for me. So I'd watch this beast again, and it's great. And uh, I don't have anything new to say about it. It's just amazing. I just want to put that out there. And uh, the only thing I really watched is uh, the Beekeeper, the the new David Ayer, Jason (laughs) Statham action vehicle. This guy. This guy. This guy. Which is. this is a this is a weird movie for David Ayer, I think, because David Ayer, as much as he's not a good filmmaker at all, <laughs> except for Fury. Fury is great. Fury is like a Fury is so bizarrely good. You keep, you when, keep saying it. When you consider I'll it, never know. You will. You're going to watch this. When you consider it in tandem with his other, in comparison to his other films, it's bizarre how good it is. But um. Especially the beekeeper, which might be one of his worst. Uh, tax collector was bad, though. Fuck. <laughs> Anyways, um, the beekeeper is uh, about. Uh, it's. I mean, it's. It's literally just a typical. Uh, I mean, it's been said John Wick, but also like the Liam Neeson thing, like these, like sort of mid mid tier action you know where there's a, a guy who's like an ex agent and he's just invincible you know and he you can't hurt him and he's able to kill 15 guys in a room no problem doesn't get hit once and it's really boring because of that and um it's got terrible performances from everybody involved especially Statham and this the female lead in this who is the daughter of this, uh, the daughter of, uh, what's her face? Let's see. Fuck. Felicia Rashad. Felicia Rashad is like a woman who has land and Jason Statham has her, his bees on her land. Like he rents a barn from her (laughs) and then they, you know, they, they steal her money. And so she shoots herself. Which is insane, and then no, um, makes sense. You don't yeah. know what you're talking about. And then her daughter shows up, who happens to be an FBI agent, and who is maybe the worst actress I've ever seen in any movie ever. I mean, she's atrociously bad, and um, the script is really bad too, though. So it's not maybe not all her fault, but uh, yeah, she 
she uh, completely unaffected by her mother's death starts to uh, investigate um, and make jokes constantly as if she's not in mourning. And uh, it turns out Josh Hutcherson and Jeremy Irons are behind it. And uh, that's really weird too. Just like seeing Jeremy Irons play opposite Josh Hutcherson as like Josh Hutcherson playing like a tech, like a tech guy who like rides a skateboard to work and it's a lot to <laughs> with oat milk, you know, like they, they owns Bitcoin, this kind of thing. And, um, <laughs> Jeremy Irons is like in a suit, of course, you know, and he's like the proper gentleman guy above him. And uh, there's some reveals that are pretty goofy in this movie about who people are and who they're related to. And uh, Jason Statham is just sort of going around murdering everyone involved uh, until he gets to the the main person involved, who he also murders. And it's not uh, interesting or fun. There's one sort of almost (laughs) solid action scene in this where he has a knife fight with a guy. And it's it's actually not bad. Like it's kind of well choreographed and well done. But uh, everything else in this movie is embarrassing. Um, so yeah, I can't can't recommend it. Uh, but you know, do your own thing. You know, maybe you'll get a kick out of it. I don't know. I mean, I I'm almost at like a like a critical mass with this movie, where like every movie podcast I listen to now, including uh, our own, is like has watched it and not recommended it, but like it has made enough money that everyone has felt the need to, to contend with it. I should say JR that it's likely you'll enjoy this movie as you, you know, like this type of garbage cinema before no, and really past. try not to take that as the insult. It clearly is, but okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I have to go on what the ratings say. You like John wick. Literally like all, John Wick, all yeah. of them. This is pretty much a John Wick ripoff. Even down to the villains. The villains are like these punk characters with the mohawks and colored hair and leather jackets. And, you know, they're ridiculous looking, you know. Uh, none of them are played by anybody you've ever seen before, though, which is really, like, a little strange because normally you, know, you think you you think you'd put like a name into one of those roles, but they don't. They're just like, nah, some stunt person gave them a shot. And, you know, only <laughs> only so much money to be had, I guess. That's that's true. Um, but anyways, yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I actually don't think you'll like this because it's just it's so goofy. Like it's way more goofy than John Wick is. But I, from what I've heard and, and like what you just said. Like, it sounds, like, too much. Like, the old woman shooting herself because she gets internet scammed. Like, I've, I've now heard a version of what you just said on, on four power podcast, and, like, just yeah. like, <laughs> that sounds like such a, a barrier to entry. I'm sorry me. that I don't have more original thoughts about it. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't, like, that wasn't, like... No, like, I know, I know. You're recapping what happens, because, yeah, totally, like, that's totally. in the setup. Like, you should do that. Um but like that's that does not sound good. Oh yeah, I for, I totally forgot. Mini Driver is in this movie for about forty seconds. She's in like half of one scene. It's so bizarre. I totally forgot she was until I just saw her name. I was like, oh yeah, they call her, and they talk to. Her. I think they talk to her on the phone, and that's it. You never see her again. <laughs> it's like it's so strange, dude. Is she just a voice, or do you actually see her? No, you see her. They cut to her. She's a uh, she's like an FBI person that they talk to, but boy, what a bizarre movie this is anyway. Um, yeah. So that's, that's literally all I watched except for, I did watch 
um, you know, the Mr. and Mrs. Smith show, but only, mm-hmm. only through episode six, maybe. And then there, I haven't, I haven't gotten back to it. Aren't there only six? Believe there, there are eight. eight. Believe there are yeah. eight. There's eight. Sorry. And I was sorry, not sorry. Was not crazy about some of them. Liked more than others. Anytime there's action, I thought it was pretty well done. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like. <clears throat> excuse me. I do like the. I begrudgingly have to say I like the leads. I'm not usually a fan <laughs> of uh, Glover. I do. Mm-hmm. I have liked What's Her Face and other stuff I've seen her in. Um, Blue-Eyed Samurai? You loved her in Blue-Eyed Samurai. No, I liked her in that show. She did Penis or Pen 1-5 or whatever. Oh, oh yeah, Pen 15. Actually, yeah. I never yeah. saw that. That was I watched the first season. I really like that. Um, but that's yeah. like that's a totally... It's not comparable to this at all. Mm. Um, but she I mean, is... That's, that's kind of what she's like from, right? Like, Isn't that what kind of got her like, roles? I, I, I would say so, yes. Yeah, I think so. But uh, she's good in the show, and the show is, you know, it's okay. I don't mind it. Yeah. It's not, it's no masters of the air. Let me tell you. <laughs> yeah. I just, uh, for, besides from like from you, I just like not heard enough good things about masters of the air to convince me to watch it. Hey. And hey. especially as someone who's not seen band of brothers or the Pacific, I'm just like, I don't know. I, don't know. I started watching the Pacific cause I never watched it. And, uh, I watched the first episode and I was like, it was all right. And then I was just like, I literally, it never crossed my mind to continue watching it. And I watched, <laughs> I watched the first episode like two weeks ago and I was like, eh, uh, I just haven't even thought about it. Like who cares? That's awesome. Okay. World War two is so played out. It's mm. insane. Like for instance, in masters, I, of the I air, agree with you. Yeah. In masters of the air. The interesting thing about Masters of the Air is that it's about bomber pilots and crews. And it's like, you haven't really seen that yet. You know what I mean? Mm. It's like a thing that hasn't been explored very much. But there's a, there's a, a, a narrative thread that's going on where there's a, a one character who's, you know, crash landed and he's behind enemy lines. And the, the like Parisian resistance fighters are trying to help him get out of the country. And that's boring to me because... <laughs> Like I've seen that. I'm not interested in that. I want to see him in the in the plane shooting people, you know, in the plane and bombing and stuff. That's interesting. I don't want to see the ground stuff. I've seen that a million times. But you know, what are you going to do? They got to have something going on. And it is uh, weird. Some of the actors who are quite quite big names at this point. Uh, I don't know, coming and going a little bit, and that's kind of shocking. Hmm. So I haven't watched the most recent episode yet, though. Came out yesterday. Might watch after the podcast. So yeah, that's it for me. Unless you guys want to go, unless uh, not you guys, I guess, but unless Jr. wants to get into True Detective. Uh, not really. Only because I've, I've just been so like annoyed with the general discourse around True Detective, which is mm. not to say that you are, like you not liking it does not mean that you're a part of that. Uh, and I don't, I also don't like it. I just uh, <laughs> don't really understand why people hate it so much. Um, I don't, yeah, yeah just, just to be fair, I'm not, I certainly don't hate it for the reasons that a lot of internet people who also say disliked Fury Road or mm. the, the new Skywalker Star Wars movies, I don't dislike it for those reasons. 
I no. have no problem with a female-led uh, uh, True Detective. I think it's a great yeah. idea, actually. And I think uh, Jodie Foster, you couldn't have chosen. Maybe you could, but there, there's a, it's a great choice for a lead. I, a, and I think she was good. I think the second lead is a terrible choice for a second lead, but you know, you, how do you I, know? You right? <laughs> well, I, I don't know. I think, I think she gets better as the episodes go. I even would, if her go, character kind of gets a little like it's like less clear what they're trying to do with her character, and that like the whole thing with True Detective uh, season four is like I think it's very clear that there was like a first episode and a last episode, mm-hmm. and everything in between was just like we're filling this in and i i don't think they had a great idea for what <laughs> should be in those those episodes uh and so it's like it's paced insanely very little happens and like that doesn't bother me in a show like this but i just i, I see the seams you see the seams mm-hmm. so like i i constantly understand what they are trying to do and it's just like not always executed executed very well or executed. I uh, <laughs> I also I'm I'm gonna go opposite here. Callie Reese gets worse as the season progresses, and her least good performance is in the finale. She's awful. Um, but it's not again. It's it's like um, whoever we were just talking about in whatever movie we were just talking about. It's not necessarily <laughs> her fault. Oh, the beekeeper. Mm. It's not her fault all the way. The the writing is atrocious. It's really bad. The writing is some of the worst television writing I've, I've, I've heard in a lot of a long time or seen or experienced it's bad it, there's a lot of like terrible one-liners and um goofy sort of the way episodes end is really annoying and lame and uh a lot of the episodes and i agree with you it does see i didn't have that thought when i was watching this but it does seem like the 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 middle uh four episodes i guess are filler because like it, it's <laughs> almost like we we had to end up back here Sure. Right. It's like we started here. We had to end up back here, and that's like the way the episode five ends was annoying already. Because I just like, I don't think the show earned what it wanted to do with uh with that sh- standoff. No, you don't think so. <laughs> it's the worst, dude. It's the worst. That's got to be the, one of the worst scenes ever filmed for television. Yeah, it's well, so unbelievably that's... ridiculous. There's the motivations in that scene are so like unearned and make zero sense. It's just yeah. like all about getting to this again. It's again, like what you say, but it's like but getting to go to that place and getting him out of the way. And oh, this is so silly. I, I mean, I, I honestly thought that that was like the worst moment in the series. Um, like, I don't think anything else was that nakedly poorly written. Mm-hmm. Um, but that that scene was, but whatever. Again, I I get it. I, I don't have. I, You're I not actually, passionate like, about it. The last no, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think True Detective is good um, as a as a concept. The uh, I liked the last episode more than every episode besides the first. I actually enjoyed them being back in the like the science station. <sighs> I I liked that more than so goofy. Everything else that happened. Did you like it when they when Callie, Callie Reese? Exp, uh, or it might be it might have been Joey Foster. One of them just has to say out loud, "There's no Wi-Fi or electricity. We're stuck here." <laughs> it's the worst. <laughs> this show is poorly written. 
<laughs> to say the least. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Terrible, dude. Terrible. Anyway, <laughs> no, that's just. Anyways, um, yeah, I didn't like it. But anyways. I watched movies. Go ahead. Yeah, tell, tell I us. Watched about fourteen mm. movies. I'm gonna go through them one. <laughs> two, <laughs> I, I, I'm kidding. I've got. Uh, I had three to talk about, and I won't talk about all three. Um, you can. No, no, no I. I, I want to mention. I'll mention that I thought color the color purple was bad. Like it's a bad movie. Um, mm-hmm. I think that uh, turning the color purple, which I, like Steven Spielberg's version was like not for me. I did not like it. Like turning that extremely like sad, fucked up story into a musical is insane. It is tonally just off the fucking wall. Like, what the fuck was anyone thinking? I do not understand why this exists. Uh, my wife has actually like gone and seen this musical, like as a play, and she's like, she is neutral on it. She didn't love it. She didn't hate it. But I just like, I do not get it. I don't understand why this is a thing. Wasn't um, uh, Fantasia Barino up for supporting actress or actress uh, at the Baptists? No. Uh, maybe uh, Danielle Brooks is the one who's gotten attention. I could have sworn I was just reading this yesterday. <laughs> Actually, and I'll tell you what, I would have preferred Coleman Domingo be up for this movie. Yeah. Uh, than for Rustin, which I also thought was a, a pretty bad film, uh, where he plays the main character. Um, Coleman Domingo is by far like the best part of the color purple and he does not sing. So that, that helps. <laughs> Fantasia Brino's uh, up for lead. She was up for lead actress against Emma Stone. She lost Emma Stone like at the Baptist at the Baptist. Yeah. Okay. I thought, cool. I was, yeah. Um, I'm, sorry, <laughs> I'm glad that she didn't win. Uh, like, this is, this is probably another thing where it's no one's fault. Like this is just like, a, it's a bad idea. It's a bad, like, I mm-hmm. I think as a concept this is a bad idea. Uh anyway, um I'll go with something that I recommend. I watched uh, Robot Dreams, which is a um movie nominated for uh best feature best animated feature the Academy Awards. It is uh made by Pablo Berger, a Spanish filmmaker whom I never heard of and this is a movie that is uh it's silent. A, um, there are no humans. All of the people are various animals. So, like, our main character is a, an anthropomorphic dog who is uh, lonely and kind of a shut-in and uh, decides to order this robot because he wants a friend and constructs the robot, and the robot becomes his friend. And then various things happen, and uh, it ends up becoming this sort of friendship relationship movie. And it is, um, uh, heartwarming is not the word, but it, it, it's very emotional. And I think it almost, it ends up like surprising you with how emotional it is. Cause you're watching it for like 30, 40 minutes and you're like, you know, hand drawn animation is, is nice. And like, we're, we're almost like watching sort of like a, a Jacques Tati, like just silliness happening on screen kind of movie. And then what is going on kind of sneaks up on you. And I appreciated that, even though it is uh, too long. And as I wrote in my letterbox review, too cute. But whoa, whoa, whoa. Spoiler. 
your letterbox review is a spoiler tag. So you can't yeah, read that. but I, I didn't. <laughs> no, I, I didn't mention the spoiler part. <laughs> what I don't I don't even understand that, well, how your how your letterbox review is spoiler at all. <laughs> I like I I sort of like hint at the the ending in my spoiler review, but because you compare it to another movie. Yeah, <laughs> I think comparing it to that other movie. Is is a spoiler, but I guess I I disagree. That's okay though. It's your it's your hey, that's <laughs> Look, your prerogative. I, it's, your, it's your account. Yeah, I I lean towards the side of uh I'm just gonna call it, if if my re- review references an ending, I'm I'm calling it a spoiler. Anyway, um I recommend this especially if you enjoy animations. Like I, I definitely mm. think uh Kevin that you yeah, should Kevin, watch this. Kevin will like it. And how'd you, uh how'd you uh see it? You know, uh through very legal means say no more and i will extend those legal means to you Kevin. yeah much appreciated yeah um he has a screener from the academy that he'll send to you yeah yeah i'm a <laughs> member <laughs> no uh and it'll be released in uh in the u.s next month i got a special perfect so last thing i watched was uh the marvels Disney Plus. I uh, is that the now is that the that's the movie that came out yeah, uh, last yes, year like with the, Brie Larson and yep, okay like got Captain it Marvel sorry sequel. because didn't they have a TV show that was related to this also uh, Miss Marvel I don't remember what it was called all right that's somehow but, related so right? mm. it's related in the sense that one of the three main characters in the Marvels it is like the main character of that TV show okay there you um go. and that TV show came out basically exactly as I was like, man, I really don't need to watch every Marvel TV show <laughs> anymore. Uh, but I've been told that TV show is good. And all my students are constantly like, why didn't you watch that one? Uh, which <laughs> is basically like, why did you watch the fucking moon Knight, which was horseshit, uh, instead of <laughs> like this, show that that people enjoy and like they like the performances you're a film guy and moon knight had a better pedigree than it did it had better actors and uh those exactly morehead and uh benson who work on indie movies i like were directing those yeah exactly um anyway the marvels is uh like i I almost like wouldn't mention just like a a marvel movie anymore because we just expect them to not be good. And obviously one of us doesn't like any of them. And, uh, you know, if we're not completists or anything, any of us, but I, this was like a, I'm folding laundry movie. Like I, I really, I put it on <laughs> before I like, we, it was the day before we were driving, um, to like a ski resort town to hang out with my cousin. And, uh, and I didn't get anything done. Cause like, I was really fascinated by what was going on in this movie. And it's about Captain Marvel, Brie Larson. It's about, uh, Miss Marvel, this, um, uh, wish I had pulled up this, uh, she's, she's like this teenager in Jersey city. She's, uh, like a Pakistani uh, family and her, the actor's name is Iman Vellani. Sorry, she's the best part of the movie. I should say her name. Um, and it has uh, Tiana Paris as uh, Monica Rambeau, who is oh. like in, in one of the other TV shows. Um, the the Vision, the Vision one. Tiana Paris oh, is yeah. good. I like her. 
Yeah, uh, I don't think she's great in this. Iman Vellani is good in this. And, like, Brie Larson is okay occasionally. I maintain that Brie Larson is not the problem with Captain Marvel, um, even though the internet disagrees with me. But um, this is a movie where, like, these three superheroes who do not, like, have not interacted before, um, like, but they all share, like, powers that deal with light, they somehow get like intertwined. And so every time one of them uses their powers, they like switch places and the switching places is a really good idea. And uh, the way that it is choreographed is like, especially in the beginning of the movie is like really cool. And the editing is good. And um, this, this movie has like this good editing and this fun way that is dealing with action. And, uh, but then like, the plotting just like lets it down at every moment. Um, <laughs> and like, I kept thinking like this movie's about to get good or this movie is good. We're doing good. And then just like something really dumb would happen. Or um, it's like uh town Paris has like two character traits and a mom Volani is uh, like, she's fun and she's like, they actually bring in like her family who's apparently from in the TV show, but like, she's like a captain Marvel fangirl, And so like, they just sort of rely on that as a character as, as like a beat. And it just like, it gets old. And, um, there are other scenes in the movie. Like they go to a planet where like they speak in song. Like they don't understand you unless you're singing, which is, uh, which is dumb. But like mm. there is a world in which that can be executed in a way that is fun, and it is and it's not. And sounds like a just, uh, uh, like a bad next generation episode. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think, I think that's fair. I I really like next generation. Uh, uh, you are. But yeah, I, yeah. Never mind. I, I, no, no, no. <laughs> you can make fun of me for that for sure. But no, I I understand. <laughs> Again, uh, the Marvels is not good. Um, I I think it is more entertaining than like its disaster status in terms of like the Marvel uh, box office gross story that's going on. Like I don't I don't think it deserves that. Like this is probably a better movie than Captain Marvel. Um, it, it, and like it has moments that are certainly much better than most Marvel movies, even if it can't pull things together. And, uh, and it was like, I went in with no expectations, but just based on some key elements, it was still a disappointment. Did now you watched this because you have a compulsion to watch all Marvel films, uh, films. Yeah. Not TV yeah, shows. right. Films. Yes. That's what I said. Um, <laughs> Does that extend to things like Madam Web? Will you I will one hundred percent watch Madam Web. Uh, it, it wouldn't necessarily extend to that, but right. again, the coverage of Madam Web has been so extensive and so catastrophic that I I have to know. Did you watch Morbi- Mobius? Morbius? Mo- Morbius? I did. Yeah, okay. rent Morbius from the library. All right. And Just, Morbius was bad. I don't. Mor- Morbius was bad enough that I was like, I don't. It, I didn't like either of the Venom movies either. I was like, Oh, right. Venom. That was also like, I don't need to engage with this universe anymore, but people can't shut up about Madam web. So I, I have to know. That's so I'm, 
I feel so sorry for you that you <laughs> feel that way. You should, yes. You're going to you put yourself through the ringer to mm. to know. Like you, you have to watch that terrible live action Spider Man noir movie with Nicolas Cage that's coming in a couple of years. Like you're, that's <laughs> on your list. You have to watch that. <laughs> I don't actually believe that will be coming, but sure. You don't? No, I believe that it is been announced. <laughs> and they're talking about it. I don't believe it will, will happen, but we'll see. Uh, I will. I no, I, I will watch that more, much more like happily than Madam Web and Morbius and Hunter, the cra- Craven, that. the Hunter, whatever. Oh yeah, oh, God. <laughs> Hunter the Craven or Craven the Hunter? Yeah, Cra- Craven the Hunter, right? Mm. Aaron Taylor Johnson, what are you doing? You might be Bond. What are you doing? This guy, dude. He could have been Wolverine if he'd have played his cards right. <laughs> Um, Kevin, Kevin, you're done, right? We're all done. We're all done. Oh, sorry. Okay. Sorry, sorry, Kevin. Kevin well, just, no, just <laughs> real quick. I will say, I also watched Mr. and Mrs. Smith. I made it all the way through. I really enjoyed it. Um, if you get to the last episode, like uh, I think the the ending of it is a you know standard sort of cop out. Um, hmm. but fair. Uh, but I, I did enjoy it, and um, like I'd say, the last episode is worth watching just for Donald Glover's mother. Like she is hands down the best acting in the entire show. Interesting. Um, uh, I really liked the last episode. I also think that it has like the worst. Th- there are things about it that are bad. <laughs> Understandable. Uh, the the um, misunderstanding at the center of the episode is never believable to me. Never. Well, I but mean, it's still entertaining. I, I, I think I think you can say that about a couple other things that are going through this going through the series, but um, but yeah, no, I, I totally totally feel you on that. Um, and then I will also say so I because I enjoyed the show, I was wanting to see more of what uh donald glover has done and i've been hardcore going through atlanta which is you know it's like a couple of years old now i'm really late to the party but this show is fucking insane like i like i am laughing out loud more than i have at at a show like i don't even know like it's been a long time since i've laughed at Something like this. And then there are episodes where it's just like, Jesus fucking Christ, what the fuck is going on? Like, I just finished, um, like, one of the episodes that I just saw was like, uh, um, like, it's the the first episode of the third season. Like, you don't see any of the regular um, characters until, like, the very end of the show. But, like, it's this totally diverted thing about this uh this kid who ends up in like foster care with like super horrible people who like can't pronounce his name so they just call him Larry cuz Laquarius is you know too complicated for these two um ultra liberal white girls um but yeah and it's like based on something that actually happened and thankfully this one has a more positive end um but yeah it's just like the I just I love the surrealism. I love um just the like Brian Tyree Henry, like the way his the way his face just 
the way he's just done with everything and everyone and the way he communicates that with his face and his body language i just love and like there's so much just bizarre stuff that's going on through the show like i love it i love it so much i only uh i only saw the first season and loved the first season mm. but uh when I saw the first season, it was before like FX was part of Hulu. So I was like, I don't have a way ah. to watch the second season um, and just never followed back up. Mm-hmm. Are the third and fourth seasons the ones that were like filmed basically together and released really closely? Or was that, were there only five, were there five seasons or four seasons? I don't know. Okay. All I know is I'm on like the third season, the uh, third episode of the third season. And like thing, things are just you know, like batshit. Four seasons. Okay. So. Yeah. So it was it was three and four that were filmed very mm. and filmed and released very closely together. Okay. And uh, I know that people have more mixed feelings about those seasons than they do about the other uh, first two. But uh, I know that I just definitely stuff I need to catch up with. Because mm. yeah, I loved I loved the first season of Atlanta. And John nice. hates. Uh, John I hates watched uh, the first four episodes or something of Atlanta. I, I was enjoying it, but John's again, John's like the only person who watched Community and was like, "I don't." Okay, these I guys watched. Aren't realistic. I watched the pilot of Community and uh, never went back. But I don't remember having a strong thought about it one way or the other. It was just like network television. Network television is tra- trash, dude. Well, certainly pilots for network television are trash. Mm. Shows can grow into things that are better, which is what I, Community did. I doubt it, but I mean, I doubt Community grew into something that was better. But whatever, let's you know agree to disagree. Let's uh, let's get your pick, Jared. Your your pick mm. tomorrow. I mean, next tomorrow, next episode. <laughs> oh shit! And uh, we're gonna need something from you, bud. Mm. Make it a good one. All right. Well, I vote that we watch uh, the Marvels. It's on Disney Plus. It's easily accessible to. So you're gonna rewatch um, the Marvels. <laughs> um, I, you know, I was struggling uh, earlier this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think I have uh, something I would like us to watch. And um, unless you guys tell me that you've seen this recently, but not logged it, but I don't think you would. I've logged that. everything. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Uh, I would like to watch Canal, which is uh, the 1957 movie from Andrej Wajda. 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 Vajda. Vajda. Thank you. Polish filmmaker. Um, Which is a World War II movie. Yes, it is. It's the last of his trilogy. Mm. Before I watched that, I need to watch. I watched uh, a generation and Ashes and Diamonds. I just need to watch Canal now. Okay, so next week we're watching uh, Canal, and uh, thanks for listening. Visit our website, filmyak. No, filmyak. Potty was the old one. Mm. And. Um, uh, well, you know, like and subscribe to us on all your social media platforms and wherever you listen to the podcast. And write to us at filmyakpodcast at gmail.com. And until next time, we'll see you later. Bye bye.